Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 100, and we're recording this on Thursday, April 6th, 2017. I'm your host, Echidna, or as I know <laughs> on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. Some some strange folks call me Steven, but uh, I guess Joe edited in my real name. <clears throat> Thank Woo-hoo! you. Uh, speaking of Joe, welcome, buddy. Hello, Steven. How's it going? Fine, how are you? I'm doing better. It's been, um, I mean, obviously Zelda came out last month, so that was uh, quite enjoyable, but I was, uh, just shit was happening, and um, so we haven't recorded in a little while, but uh, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. Uh-huh. But, uh, you are too, with your new additions yes. to the family. True. Yep. yep. Our beautiful baby boy. <laughs> that is a dog. That has a very different set of chromosomes than you. Yes. <laughs> This episode marks the 100th episode of the Negative World Podcast, and oh so yeah, <clears throat> there's been um. Now we are in triple digits. Did we? Did we prepare? I didn't know. Did we prepare anything? <laughs> uh, I might have done a little preparation. Did uh, you? Yeah, a little. Oh, thank bit. God. Um, okay, good. You know, and technically, and I didn't put this in my my outline, but uh, this is actually technically episode 102 because two no. of the episodes because two of the episodes had splits. Episode six was split into two, and episode okay. forty, and that was something that Guy did. So I have no credit for that. But episode forty-nine, it's my fault because I uh, split it because I didn't want episode fifty to be about <laughs> what episode forty-nine and a half was. <laughs> so, okay. So because I think it was one of those long episodes, so sure. I was like, eh, let's just split it up. <laughs> so is, we've so we've had long episodes in the past, is what you're saying? A couple, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So. Anyway, uh, with that said, this is the 100th episode, and uh, if this were a Banjo-Kazooie stage, there, you know, we'd have all the notes. And if this was gotcha. PNF 404, we'd have a full squad of Pikmin. And that's right, I've evolved over the podcast to catch myself. There. Oh my goodness. And of this, course, is a, this is a whole new podcast. <laughs> and of course, if this were a Super Mario game, we'd have an extra life. Regardless, this is a lot of episodes, and frankly, I'm proud. Oh, yes. You should be. We should be. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I, I do love doing this, man, and it's uh, it's pretty special to, to be doing the 100th episode with you. Yes. Same to you, sir. It's crazy. So we've got, uh, we've got a lot going on in this episode, and we've got some stats, because, of course, that's who I am. And, yep. you know, about the show, which I hope people will find interesting... Uh, we have some history to tell, and uh, we have some clips. This is a, a clip show of It's sorts. a clip show? It's a clip show. <laughs> we're phoning it in for yeah, we're, number 100? <laughs> I freaking hate clip shows on pretty much everything else. <laughs> but uh, but you know what? Clip shows, I guess, you know what? I could probably think of one or two that actually span about six years, so I guess that's not a cop-out. Uh-huh. We've got a clip uh-huh. show. You know, we've got, uh, we've got the Fresh think- Prince... A Bel Air reminiscing about season one. That's pretty much what we've got going on. I think I think we're doing it the right way, though. Yeah, I think so too. So that said, uh, let let's dive into my little script here, which I'll try to read naturally and not like a robot. But, right. Uh, there's so much I you just love reading scripts. You're so you're so uh, like that's why you write so many of them. Yeah. Because you just love reading them. I write myself prescriptions, and I don't fulfill them. Mm-hmm. I just like it that much. 
So anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess my I stupid my stupid comedy is still here. That's nice. Was a, that was a pun. Yeah. That was a pun. <laughs> I don't know if it can be defined as such. Anyway, so, you know, one thing that set this podcast apart was how there was a prime directive to include guests from the forums as a constant push for new content, ideas, and opinions. No other podcast that I can think of, and maybe you can correct me, but I really can't think of any other podcast that has had such a wide breadth of full episode guests like we have. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. podcast has grown alongside the community, and its history kind of reflects that community, which is pretty neat. So this episode will be dedicated to taking some time to reflect on the history of Nintendo over these last years that the podcast has existed, uh, while also we're going to use it to reflect on some discussions that we've had. And in fact, uh, I think we do a little bit more podcast retrospective than Nintendo retrospective, but I threw some tidbits in there. Mm-hmm. So to start off first, I think people might be interested to know how we came up with the name of the podcast, the negative world <laughs> podcast. How did you do that? You know what? It sounds Amazing. stupid. Okay. Uh, you know, it's bluntly named after negative world.org. I get that. Uh, the forms at zero started well before the podcast even began, but you, you know, you think it's really an obvious name, but in fact, you know, when I was researching all this, cause obviously my brain had kind of let it slip when I was researching all this, it wasn't so obvious. Our old friend Casper eight, eight, four, I don't know if you ever got to uh, interact with him too much. Does not ring a bell. He, uh, you know, I didn't, just really quick, uh, an anecdote is he um, started working for Nintendo, and I forget in what fashion, but at that point he had to uh, he had to dismiss himself from the forums, so there would be no, you know, he decided oh, wow. to do no conflict of interest, and, and I, I don't Crazy. know, it might have been part of his contract, but that or he yeah. just hated us and came up with a really crafty <laughs> reason to leave. But an um, awesome excuse. But no, he was a very nice guy, and uh, and I wish him well, and... I wish I could touch base with him. Some people do, I think. Um, you know, he has probably social media accounts and things, but Negative World, mm. a Nintendo forum, I don't think was uh, the right place for him. It's very interesting. I was not aware. I mean, I, I always kind of wondered about about that. Even if, like, I don't know, he couldn't just pretend like Casper 88, 88, whatever it is, was a different person. Anyway, I don't know. Well, I think Please somehow... continue. I don't mean to derail... <laughs> We're gonna. I mean, we need to fill up the time somehow to match the all the previous episodes. But I don't want to. I don't want to get off on a tangent just right. yet. So please, please continue. Okay. So Casper eight eight four. He's the one who first coined the show's name in a thread where the site was pulled about it. The choices yeah. originally, the, the ones that were originally laid out uh, mm. as, as initial prospects were Negacast, NWP, okay. right, Negative Pod, and okay. Negative Podcast. And mm. <laughs> a lot of tasty, <laughs> tasty morsels there, right? This is uh, this is the cream of the crop, huh? <laughs> these are our finest suggestions at the time, back in 2011 <laughs> or 10 or whenever it was. Um, you know, I should have wrote the date of that damn thread. But anyway, uh, NWP and Negative Pod had received zero votes, and <laughs> <clears throat> and Negacast had a few, but about 80 okay. percent of the forum uh, users who had voted suggested that we do. Something else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's yeah. probably what I voted for. Megacast to me sounds like uh, if you took the Sega Mega Drive and Dreamcast and put them together, you get the Megacast. I know it's different first letter, but that's yeah. what it reminds me of. Well, um, I bet you there was maybe some uh, like some sort of influence on that. We have some Genesis and uh, Sega fans and things like that. Dreamcast fans uh, on the site. So, 
negative, the negative world cast was a late contender that actually had some pull, convincing even Casper to uh, break from his original suggestion for just a moment. And, uh, mm-hmm. Joe, you don't happen to know what I threw into the ring, do you? I do not. I suggested the Pats podcast, which would have stood for Press A to Start. Whoa, that's much better. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I don't know about Pats. Like, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you, 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 acronyms for everything emerge, but Press A to Start, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, we didn't, if we knew a guy named Pat, probably would have worked out all just fine, but uh, we did not. We'd have to both be named Pat. Yeah, then that's it right. Be, it is plural. Plural uh, Pats, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so that didn't really catch on. And the other major one that almost caught fire was Negative Voices. Yeah, no. Now, in the end, while the Negative World podcast you know, could have a connotation for particularly ne- negative views and demeanors, considering <laughs> Negative World and... And if people yep. don't connect the minus world from Mario Brothers to this, you yep. know, then it, you know, it could, it could happen. Uh, but I feel like negative voices would have been even more so of a detriment yep. to that. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that that came uh, with such kind of a, a vigor. But mm-hmm. um, so, what did you think of the podcast name when you first heard it? Well, when I first heard the name of the podcast, I mean, of course, just... you remember that exact fact, right? Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> I just knew that this place was called Negative World. I will tell you, I did not. I was, I had heard of the Minus World, right, from Mario. Yeah. I did not make the connection. It was like a little while before I realized that this website was named after that concept. <laughs> what I thought it was, was like, because I remember what drew me to the community in the very first place was I felt like this was a community where people were talking about Nintendo, but in a way that wasn't just like, this sucks, the Wii's underpowered, filthy casuals, right? So I thought that it was named Negative World because it was sort of like a, um, uh, what's the, what's the, you know, like a, like a, like a photo negative, you know, like the opposite of, the rest of the the world. So the negative is the negative for the negative. Yes, yes. So, so that's what I thought it was. So then, negative world podcast. And there you go. That's the podcast for that site. <laughs> it's a pretty good, uh, you know, logic train there. Yeah. Um, well, the idea for the podcast, when we'd have you know one or two hosts or co-hosts, is the foundation. Uh, came much er- earlier than the February 2011 episode that started it all. From what I can tell and recall, our beloved Anand is actually the one who truly got the ball rolling. After Never heard s- of him. No, yeah, he, you know, <sighs> I tried to get him on the show a couple times, but uh, he just, okay. he just, he said that if I, if I can't stay on topic during the show, if, if you don't <laughs> restrain me, then I'm not going to do it. So okay. we never got him to do it. I understand. Uh, <laughs> um, after uh, after some discussion about. Uh, the show, you know, the idea of doing a podcast over the years, Anand started a thread about what the show could potentially be, and it had mm-hmm. a lot of activity. And you can still go find it if you want. Um, and there was so much fun and excitement and anticipation in the whole process. Uh, it was kind of quite a quite a sight to see, to be honest. It took only about a day's time, but on July second, two thousand ten, Gelatinous Encore is the guy who suggested the format, and from there, history writes itself. Neither Pandarius uh, nor myself were involved in that initial thread, 
Funny enough, while this thread was going on, just a few days later, I wrote a post about my love letter to Radio Free Nintendo, about how much I appreciated that particular podcast. And uh-huh. uh, and that's the podcast that Pandarius, who, as we know, uh, changed his username to his real name, Guillaume, on the forums. Uh, that's the podcast that Guillaume had migrated to early on in this podcast's life. And uh, Guillaume was a pivotal part of kicking off this podcast overall. And uh, what was talk on the forum threads eventually became more and more steps towards action. Perhaps my love of Radio Free Nintendo was why Guillaume and I teamed up to start the very first show. Because to be honest, I can't exactly remember why I wanted to get involved in the first place. So I'm guessing it was just, I loved listening to the podcast at the time. Because I've been a podcast listener in general for, for many, many years. But uh-huh. that had to be it. I mean, plus why the hell am I still doing it? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but, uh, so our very first episode, titled And So It Begins, was released on January 31st, 2011. It featured the four voices of Gelatinous Encore, CPA Way, Guillaume, and myself, Dr. Finkelstein. The podcast uh-huh. released in a direct download of a .mp4 slash .m4a file initially, later expanding to mp3 and quickly going to iTunes. Zero had provided the musical interlude uh, that, I think it was a different one for the first episode, but he provided the music. Um, and actually, <laughs> my next sentence in my notes is that it is the same one we use today. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. If we had something else of his that we used, I don't recall where. I'm mixing up my brain here. But uh, with all that history, anyway, I think maybe we should take a moment to uh, to talk a little bit about the stats of the show before we go into okay. our clips. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty well-known stat guy, although probably no. not as beastly as Mr. Mustache. Well, um, it's different. Yeah. But, uh, before before we go too much further, by the way, I yeah. just want, in case any listeners are like, wow, Joe Joe's really breathing heavy on his end. That's kind of, there's some like weird panting and scratching and biting sounds. Uh, that's just That's just my little puppy dog being crazy. And uh, I'm I'm in charge of looking after him at the moment. So. Kind of cute that you call your lungs the puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Silly Stephen. <laughs> Tricks are for kids. So, but you know, but I'm not going to be like like some of our guests who you know have children and like you know <laughs> will be like, oh, give me a second, guys. I got to go take care of my child. Like, get your priorities straight. Yeah. Game Dad Grant. Yeah. So you neglect your child. Well, <laughs> so he's he's just he's right here. He can. Well, you know, let's introduce him to the podcast family. What's his name? Kibo. 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 Where does that come from? You ask. <laughs> An obscure YouTuber. Actually, she's not obscure. She's got she got like a hundred thousand followers in in like five months of YouTubing, which is crazy. Wow. Um. Yeah, she did a video about uh, formula for making up names in the Star Wars universe. And for alien names, she was like, you basically just take two sounds that sound kind of foreign but aren't really anything. And she threw out a bunch of them. One of them was Kibo Kimpo. So that's his name. That's his full name, Kibo Kimpo. Kimpo. Yep. Okay. Well. He's, he's a little shorky. He's a Shih Tzu Yorkie mix. Bless and you. he's adorbs. But he's teething right now. He's got one t- uh, puppy tooth left. So he's kind of like chewing on the world at the moment. Wow. That's enough about Kibo. Thanks for being here, Keebs. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure your name's in the show notes. 
Maybe a little photo if you can provide one for me. <laughs> okay. Maybe take a picture uh, of him like around a controller that you probably don't care if you choose right afterwards. Yeah, really. But uh, anyway, so back to the show. Back on track. Back on track. So We're I was great. I was saying uh, I'm a stack guy, and um, considering I I monitor the stage selection rate of my Splatfests, I think uh, this is pretty natural of a of a segment to have. Sure. Uh, it won't take too long, but Joe, I figured since I've been talking so much, how about you tell us the stats that I pulled for the history of the podcast? You got it, Stephen. And then, and then re- even react to them because these should be the first time you're seeing them. Okay. Well, more or less. Okay, so we're starting with total unique guests. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Total unique guests, 51 unique guests. And that's exactly my point that I made at the beginning of the uh, the show here is that this this podcast has had so many awesome people, you know, for hours talking and talking about Nintendo, and I really was kind of shocked and delighted by that number. That's one new guest for every two episodes, more or less. That's true. That's true. Crazy. I love that it hit past the fifty mark too. That like for just I don't know for the OCD in me, I'm glad that it made it past a nice clean number like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it was forty nine, I would have been so pissed. <laughs> we'd have to we'd have to get someone on real yeah. quick. So of the guests, why don't you tell us who the three most frequent ones were? Okay. And actually, listeners at home, I wonder if they. Um, I'll delay this place for two seconds. Bets. Yeah, place your bets. What do you think would be the top? Uh, the top. I don't have them in order apparently, but um, the the top three. I mean, I know I'm I'm surprised at some of these. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised a little bit at. Well, I don't know. They're all surprising, I guess, in their own way. Lay them on us. Okay. Well, should I go for? I'll start with number with number three. Sure. Okay. So, uh, coming in third place with ten visits to the podcast, the one, the only. You know him. You love to say his name. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Game Dead Grant the GDG. <laughs> That's right. That's him. That's him. Ten appearances. Uh, and then we have a tie, a two-way tie for first place, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So we got one T uh, with a one site owner, operator, co-founder? Right? Uh, I don't know. Or that just actual founder? Could be actual founder. I don't know. I know there's some, yeah. Zero, otherwise known as Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if, if were a lot of those, were those times, were some of those like before I was on too much and, or is that just like, because a lot of times we'd be like, Oh, we can't find someone this time. <laughs> hey, zero. Well, hold on. That implies that that's only when we wanted zero, which is not true. Uh, Andrew, oh, no. Andrew, no. of course, is a very busy man making his own games and, you know, working jobs and being, uh. You know, a guy who lives in Chicago, he's got to dodge bullets every day. You know, what I mean? being a guy, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, you know, he's got to be stay vigilant. You know, work out all that stuff. And um, uh, well, actually, a nice place, it is, no, it is a nice place. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, oftentimes, though, he would he would pretty much be like, "Hey, you know, I, I don't have time, but if you need me, I can make it work." And so, mm-hmm. you know, if we if we wanted to have a guest on really bad, and I mean, we've done occasional episodes by ourselves, which makes that unique guest thing even a, a little nerfed. If only we had tried harder. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, so he would he would pop on periodically uh, quite a bit though uh, when we needed him most. 
Like a superhero. Pretty much. He's not the podcast guest our city deserves, <laughs> but it's the podcast guest it needs. I don't, I don't know the full quote. Neither do I. Coming so, in also tied for first. Here's this name again. I don't. Uh, you think I would know it, but it doesn't ring any bells. Uh, looks like a nond. <laughs> I think you said onend before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I bet he's right now. He's he's out there somewhere celebrating. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's going to crash the party in about five seconds anyway. But that's another Chicagoite or whatever they would call it's themselves, true. Chicagoans or whatever. Chicago's, I think it is. Chicago's. Yeah, <clears throat> we got a Chicago, two Chicago's, and then a Detroiter. <laughs> Represent the Midwest. Wow. Is in the top three because GDG I'm, lives not far from me. That's right. Hmm. But yeah, so I mean, many many people hit the double digits, um, mm-hmm. or not the double digits, but close to that—the eight and nines. Because obviously, you know, game nine grant was ten. But uh, we had quite a few people who had been on for five plus, you know, eight plus. But these guys were the cream of the crop. They were the top three. So thank you, uh, special shout out to those three mm-hmm. for uh, for being there for us. You are the wind beneath our wings. Mm-hmm. So other stats, just to keep things moving. Uh, I did a count of how many specifically E3 episodes that we had done, and uh, how many of those did we do? Thirteen podcasts. Thirteen. That's an unlucky number. It's a baker's dozen. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty lucky then. Right on. Um, E3 is a pretty big deal, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But that's roughly thirteen percent, depending on how you slice it. Mm. Of all of our podcasts. That's right. About three. And uh, typically, there'd be a lot of rapid-fire stuff, too, because we would do two or three episodes kind of back-to-back, and we'd get a lot of people on. Mm-hmm. I think uh, guests, many one, guests. one year we had nine people on in three episodes that we recorded mm-hmm. over three days straight. I remember that. Was that 2015? Yeah, could have been even sooner, I think, or, or mm. earlier. Um Again, first act. I guess I didn't take enough stats. I should have had this whole thing, uh, whole thing figured out. And I don't just, I just don't feel like typing and getting that on the on the mic. No, no. So, um, but okay. but uh, I can, you know, if if you care enough, I will put it in the show notes and uh, at the thread related to this episode. We don't care. <clears throat> no, it's okay. That's <laughs> up. But but no, E three. You know, I I put the stat in here because E three really was such a, and still is a pivotal part of of a Nintendo fan's life and. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really great because we always had, I guess the site in general always had the most activity around E3. Uh, even folks who had kind of disappeared from it would come back for a bit. and uh, So it was always a bit easier to get guests and make people would set t- uh, aside time for recording. And um, it was overall kind of a magical experience those couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. E3's always been fun. We did 13. That's quite a nice uh, number there. Um, now, as far as... Uh, you know, again, for for stats, I should have been more specific. I have here special episodes, and I believe this is implying, actually, uh, some unique stuff in the Negative World podcast history that is not quite Negative World podcast, such okay. as our euphonics and uh, the the depression cast and things like that, oh, the booger cast. cast. So... Uh, I love the depression cast. Do you know how many depression casts there ever were? One. 
Just one? Just one. I thought maybe there was a second there was a sequel at some point. But if there okay. was if there was, um it would probably have been part of an existing episode. But as far as the blogger that I manage the stuff at, there's only one. I was going to make sure that that got mentioned today one way or another. I don't think uh, Chris realizes just how much I loved the depression cast. And I've told, I've told him many times over the years, but it was like, I was dying laughing. I listened to it several times in a row. (laughs) That was just one of the funniest things that I think has ever come out of this, uh, this, this community in my personal opinion. Chris is a very funny guy. Yeah. Well, who knew? Mm-hmm. We did. We did. He did. Just the delivery, the writing. It's brilliant. Well, okay. And, and maybe the sequel, and, and I should now look into this. I'm curious. But the sequel that you could be thinking of is when he was on, he was doing a, he did a couple of like uh, beatnik poems. Yes. Things that's like right. that. That's, that is exactly what I'm confusing it with, which is not the same at all, but. It's, you know, it, it is still just Chris running wild. So. Being Chris, yeah. Yeah. Chris unfiltered. Yep. So two more stats and then we can kind of uh, move forward here. Uh, if you take out the special episodes, which were never, you know, part of the, you know, numbering system of the show, uh, how many or how long would these all these episodes strung together take to listen to nonstop? I did the calculation. So you're saying if you put every episode of the Negative World podcast end to end, how many times would it reach the moon and back? That's what you're asking me? Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of asking if you were clockwork orange style sitting in a chair with your eyelids open and your ears mm-hmm. exposed to sound. <laughs> and I pressed play in iTunes and then left the room, <laughs> got some dinner and then forgot to come back for a long time. How long would that time be? How long would you sit there gleefully listening to the show before it ended and then you said, what the hell am I doing here still? It looks like, if I'm reading this right, eight days, 21 hours, 54 minutes, 26 seconds. That's true. So over a week of podcasts. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. I, I, you know, I, I was very proud to see that. And I hope when everyone is, in the uh, world is too. When is Netflix going to have the binge negative world week? I guess when this all goes on YouTube, which is not Netflix, I have no idea. Okay. Gotcha. But um but yeah, it would take that long to binge everything. It was a long time. It is a long time. That's pretty cool though. Uh-huh. And for only a hundred episodes well, for you know this would be the hundred and second. So for hundred and one episodes prior to this one, uh that's quite a long time. And so I decided to do an average podcast length and uh that's our final stat for today. What is yes. the podcast length? <sighs> Two hours, seven minutes, four seconds. Which is which is about right, because we always aim for about a two-hour show. Right. Now, some people, I won't name names, some people have said over the years, one of, one of the more frequent pieces of constructive criticism that we've gotten is, why do you talk so long? Why don't you shut up, you freaking <laughs> ramblers? And I want those people to know that we've heard you and just chosen to ignore you. <laughs> no, that's not exactly it. We, we, uh, we talk, we mention this every time, but like we always have the best intentions of like, you know, 
an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is, and then four hours later we're done, and then you chop it down to, on average, two hours, seven minutes, four seconds. Mm-hmm. And there have been episodes where I really did cut quite a bit of stuff. Mm-hmm. But other times, you know, I don't know, it's it's somewhat relevant to the conversation, and we're just having fun. Who the hell cares? Yeah, and when you have this much gold, and you're sifting through it, you know, you're going to be left with a lot of gold. <laughs> Exactly. That's I'm what they say. Not letting that hit the riverbed. No way. No. No. Definitely not. So, uh, yeah. You're so, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Hope you've enjoyed. Well, and I and I always, uh, the I like long podcasts. See, that's, see, that's the that's the other thing. That's the other reason why I I never really try to like, kind of cut us off is because for me and see everyone listens to podcasts differently some people like if they put them on in the car and drive driving to work and your commute is 15 minutes then yeah two hours is a little more than than you need but for me like i'm the type i you know i put on podcasts while i'm doing other things like cleaning the house or something like that you know so for me it's like uh, i need more podcasts plus so many podcasts are not good that you want the good you want the good ones to be longer right? a couple hours out of yeah. the good ones so I'll tell I'm you not, I'm not saying that we are that but you know we try to be from my understanding one of our I guess most famous uh, audience members Kuvaps he ah, he's on his Kuvaps. he's on his feet all day for work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's got the kind of job that exactly leaves him to need to entertain himself while he's kind of walking around and doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, you know, he always appreciated these things, and um, we certainly do this uh, for everybody. But uh, but you know, I mean, it's like one of those things that I like long podcasts. Kuvaps likes long podcasts. You like them, and frankly, there's always the pause button, and you can always pick right back up. I like long podcasts. I cannot lie. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not even gonna keep that one going. When a two hour seven minute average? No. I'll stop there. <laughs> okay, so that's it for the stats. Uh, I guess we could take a quick break, and I don't—I didn't even plan for any music, but uh, we'll take a quick break. And you know what? We're going to put in Joe's pick on this break uh, for what he thinks the hundredth episode song needs to be. Okay. Wow. We'll be right that's back. Pressure. song was worth it 
What a great song. <laughs> that was a great song. So, uh, enough of me talking. Uh, let's move on to some clips. Let's move on to some history. So, we have 12 clips lined up here. Not They're not too long, I don't think. So, uh, But, you know, it's just been really fun to dive back into the history. Uh, again, when Uncle Phil first, you know, took us into his home and uh, and let us live in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things are key memories. So I, what I did is the way I structured it is I chose an episode from every 10 podcasts, so to speak. So one through nine, bam, got one. 10 through 19, we got another. And then I, you know, I deviated slightly from that, but uh, I tried to get a, a good breadth of our history with the show and whether a or not... A breadth of the wild, if a you A breadth will. of the wild, indeed. <laughs> and whether or not that culminates into something interesting uh, is yet to be seen, but we'll find out. Let's find out together. Uh, and so it begins, which is a great segue, because that was the title of the very first episode, as I said earlier. Episode number one, January 2011. And so it begins. And at this time in Nintendo history, the 3DS was about to release in just a matter of weeks, and the Wii was still going strong, with no known facts or clues to what the hell the Wii U would be. So in this uh, first snippet here, we're going to hear Guillaume after he just introduced his first uh, episode ever, and he's going to talk about his love of WiiWare and uh, what some people might or may, uh, may not see in it yet. Okay. Basically, uh, we've got four people here, and each person brings his own topic to the table and uh, talks about it for a little while, like ex- presents it, and then we spend uh, some time discussing it. So uh, we're actually going to move in uh, right to uh, uh, the t- topic I chose, uh, which is WiiWare. Uh, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I love WiiWare. I won't hide it. Um, yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I, I love pretty much like all of the downloadable game services that I've uh, used because um, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, as, as I get older, I get maybe a little less time to sink my teeth into a, like a, an 80-hour long quest. And uh, also, you know, like you've got other priorities and like limited cash, so uh, I, I feel much better, or it's much easier for me to spend like uh, five or ten dollars on a, a, a small game that I'm actually going to finish, than uh, spending sixty dollars for like uh, buying a, a big game, like retail game day one, um, and probably never finish it. You know, like play it for about ten hours and then move on. Um, so yeah, like the, that's the strength uh, for me for for the uh, the downloadable services, all of them. Um, basically, you know, you don't spend much, and uh, you get to discover interesting new games all the time. And um, yeah, I, I think that there's a whole lot of variety. And unfortunately, my beef is that a lot of people whoa, um, a, a lot of people ignore WiiWare in favor of XBLA or maybe PSN, but mostly XBLA, I think. And, uh, you know, I can understand. Nintendo is not doing a whole whole, uh, whole lot to promote uh, WiiWare, so people don't really know that, aren't really aware of the games that are on the service. Also, like, there's several uh, other barriers. For for instance, like, developers are limited to, like, 40 megabyte files. 
So they are extremely limited in what they can bring to the service. Mm-hmm. And, and um, there's also all sorts of like lingering questions that we don't really have an answer from Nintendo for. For instance, what, for instance, uh, what is going to happen to all of the stuff that you bought off their service if you decide to upgrade your console when the next one rolls out, you know? Or even, like, if your console breaks, then uh, you have to buy a new one. And if you want to keep all of the downloadable games that you've uh, downloaded, then uh, you actually have to send it in, uh, to Nintendo so that they can do the, the Switch manually. Your, your games are not tied to an account, and uh, that, that, that's one of, the big, uh, one, of the, one of the big flaws, I think. One of the big reasons uh, why people don't really pay attention to WiiWare. So is it almost kind of ironic that at the very end there he said, uh, he just mentioned the Switch, you know, which of course he's not talking about the Nintendo Switch, but he's talking about you know, how there's no unified account for the, the downloads, and then here we have the Switch, which now does have that. That's kind of funny. Yeah, finally. It uh, sure did take a long time. It took six years. But, uh, yeah, and I hope... I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like... I, I thought the Nintendo Network was basically more or less going to be that thing, but uh, but it still wasn't. So, hopefully, finally, this is the thing, and and we're all we're all good going forward and uh you know we never have to have this conversation again <laughs> you know looking through all the history of, of Nintendo in in the news aspect as i've been going through for this uh podcast prep and um and in doing that i'm finding that the same rumors always happen the same bashing always happens and Nintendo always does make incremental steps, but man, it does take a while. This is true. It's funny. I mean, but we'll get into that perhaps uh, with some, you know, Nintendo history soon enough. But I, I would encourage you guys to maybe, if you just have some free, some free time, just go to like Go Nintendo or My Nintendo News, and just go years back and just look at a month, and just see mm. what the hell is going on, and you'd be surprised at how familiar <laughs> it really seems. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, Guillaume, you know, he chose uh, WiiWare for his very first topic, and uh, and it's, it's a fun segment in CPA way and Gelatinous Encore and myself. Uh, we had a fun time. I had a fun time recording that very first episode uh, with them, and um, it really did spark the love. It, it, there was something that kind of awakened a little bit to be able to have my own voice in the very podcast format that I started to uh, to love just you know soon before. So heck yeah. Uh, so yeah, with that said, why don't we move on to our second clip? This one is hey. from episode 15, which is called the NY cast. And this was, uh, from a podcast that aired September, 2011 and, uh, Nintendo history here, uh, rare believes that they haven't fallen off the map since leaving Nintendo. Like what was I saying? Cause that's, <laughs> they probably still feel that way. Um, the Nintendo 3DS circle pad was generating some buzz. And I thought this was an interesting one, so I had to throw a third in here. Satoru Iwata says that Nintendo will never develop for smartphones. <laughs> like wow. He, he at, at some investors thing, he flat out was like, we're never going to do it. Mm. And, uh, and obviously we know that uh, in his time, that did change uh, before mm-hmm. his passing. So that was a funny uh, little bit of news. But in this, in this episode snippet, we have Guillaume, Mr. Mustache, Anand, 
and Abdo, uh, who discussed party game chat in the context of the New York meetup of 2011. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Yeah, like, I, I can't believe how good some people... Actually, like, that's one, like, thing that I want to correct for, like, the next meetup that we do, because there's inevitably going to be another one. Uh, I'm going to try to get good at one N64 game. Just one. At least one. Mario Tennis. I figured that no one really got good at that game. So, Mario uh, Tennis. There's people who are really good at Mario Tennis. My little nephews can just crush me at that game. It's embarrassing. All right. Well, uh, don't practice too hard with him, and uh, I'm going to okay. crush you next year. <laughs> well, you know, Jargon, like, uh, he came loaded for bear. Like, he has his three or four games that he's really, really good at, you know? Like, it, fortunately, he wasn't allowed to play Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody next yeah. to, at, at a Nintendo meetup in which we did like tournaments, uh, nobody was allowed to play Smash Brothers because there were several members who were just like, I don't like Smash Brothers. Well, we're like, like we can't play. He's gonna crush everybody. I know, but you know, it's the only time ever that Nintendo nerds got together and didn't play Smash Brothers. Like, and, and I actually wanted to play Smash Brothers. It's a pretty fun game. I'm not even that good, but it's just like I think Smash Brothers is like like a good Mario Kart game where even if you lose, it's it's funny. Like it's amusing to see what happens, regardless of whether you win or lose. That's that's pretty rare, and I think Nintendo kind of has the kind of corners the market on that to a certain extent, you know. In, in yeah, multiplayer but the, the problem is though that like you still have to know how it works, and I do have friends who have never really played a Smash Brother a Smash Brothers game before, and I, I tried to initiate them like through like playing multiplayer with them, and it just doesn't work. They were not having fun. That's always difficult, and that's one thing I wanted to focus on also because we played a lot of party games, like a lot of games that are supposed to be accessible for people even if they've never played it or, you know, maybe maybe it's only accessible if, if everyone's experienced or something. But I learned, like, a lot on this trip about party games because even if you know that a game is really fun with a group of people, if you can't hook those people within a couple minutes, they're just like, uh, fuck this, let's play something else. You know, you just lose them immediately, and you'll probably never get them back. Like, after you guys left, I, I tried to play Boom Blocks with a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just wasn't happening. It's like it was okay when we were just throwing stuff, but then they're like, "Camera, how do I move the camera? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh, this isn't going down." So then we just went back to uh, like Wii Party. I think I think we focused on Wii Party for the drinking game. And you cried by the window. Like, who would have thought that Wii Party would be, you know, like one of the most played games? Well, Wii Party is a pretty fun game. Yeah, like you know, people. Uh, it seems like it kind of bombed. They didn't bomb in America, but it did not do that well. And in Japan, it did really well. And I'm I'm pretty shocked because we party. It's it's pretty high quality, right? There's lots of good little games and stuff like that. Yeah, and the find the sneak thing where you have to yeah. guess who's cheating. That that was pretty spot good. Spot the sneak. Yeah. Yeah. Spot the sneak. <laughs> we we didn't have that anything unlocked. Yeah. That one time where uh, you had to like walk however many steps or whatever. Remember, you had to like you had to walk so many feet. Oh, and the marker disappeared? Yeah, Yeah, right. Honest to God, I didn't know I was the sneak, and I nailed it. And I was, like, (laughs) so excited. And then it tells me that I was the sneak, and I didn't even, like, cheat. Like, I don't know. You totally cheated. You're lying right now. Everything you say is a lie. I'm the most honest person in the history of the world. (laughs) That's the the truth. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's that... uh... That's, you could bank that, on it. That seems like a paradox of some sort. But, uh, yeah, like, Wii, Wii Party is a really fun game, and uh, it didn't do that well here, so I guess they're not going to do any more Wii Parties, or at least the next thing is going to be Mario Party again. And that was kind of a new studio that did it. It was that ND Cube, which was founded by, I think, Konami and Nintendo to do, like, an F-Zero game and a couple other weird things, like Konami-Nintendo joint things. And then uh, they, they took the Hudson staff from Mario Party, and they 
staffed it with that, and they did Wii Party. But I guess now they're going back to Mario Party for the next one. Huh. I had no idea. Like seriously. <laughs> but uh, like the whole like the, the the only problem with Wii Party, I guess, like the the board game, like the, there was no way that anyone could possibly you know get get ahead in that game through being good at the games. Well, there's lots of different modes, right? Yeah. I mean, you could just play games if you wanted to. Yeah, but yeah, lots of people did want that board game action. I don't know, <laughs> you know, the 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 Mario Party kind, and uh, they just like you can't get it through Wii Party. Like, the it's just completely random who wins. It's true. I, think but I won. The... <laughs> Is that the the volcano one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you want that one? After yeah, trailing so... the whole time, I think, right? Yeah, basically. Or most that, of that's it. the key yeah. to winning. You just have well, to. Well, yeah, set. but I mean, like. It it does have a lot of like little set pieces and stuff. I'm sure it'd be tons of fun for kids to play because you know they always have a chance and things like that. But uh, there are some. I mean, if you want to play a really skill based game, I think you're gonna to have to go with WarioWare uh, Party Games, Mega Party Games. Is that what it's called? Uh, Which, yeah, Mega Party Games. Yeah. As we learned on this trip, is the best game of all time. That it's was pretty awesome. good. Yeah, pretty much. Is 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 there any argument? Yeah, there's there's no dissent here, right? There isn't. No, but really although, like, do you guys feel that the game was much? Well, yeah, it wasn't the same once you knew all the mini games. You know, like the very first time we played it, we had a blast. Oh. Like it was the most we just, amazing yeah. thing ever. Rolling and, around laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And like nonstop just like everyone just in tears. And then the second <laughs> time it was like actually it got serious. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fun anymore. Like it was just like, <laughs> yeah, let's win this shit. I, I think that's when I stepped in. Everybody was playing for their second time, and it was my first time. And you guys just looking at me weird. Yeah, we 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 had our game faces on after uh, after being embarrassed at arm wrestling. We 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 wanted to get Abdu back. So you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to put this clip in, Joe, is mm-hmm. I never got to go to, to any of the official meetups. You know, I've I've, I've met plenty of people from the site. Uh, you know, locally and, and otherwise, but I never got a chance to, but I remember being around when everyone was planning for that particular one. And at the time, you know, just money and time, I just wasn't able to pull myself away to do that. Sure. And, uh, but I've always really appreciated the hell out of this site for the fact that people did that and they're, they always went well and they were always so much fun. And it was, it's the strength of this forum, you know, no, no other forums. Uh, well, I'm sure some do, but it's rare for a forum to have that kind of community that actually will go out and meet each other and spend time with each other outside of the text. And uh, so this was pretty cool. And I like this particular snippet because it talks about gaming in the context of both the New York uh, Negative World meetup as well as just, you know, what Nintendo's always been trying to pull off is just the constant in-the-room in party gaming. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually I'm a little surprised. I kind of... I, if... I mean, I didn't. I wasn't able to go to the first two. I wasn't even. Uh, I wasn't even part of the site yet during the first one, um, and I can't remember how. You know, I think I was around for the second one, but I think I was still relatively new. I can't really remember exactly. But and then obviously the third one was in my hometown, so that was I was able to go to that right. one. But I kind of just assumed that you uh, that you were at the first two. No, so, no, interesting. The first Very time surprising. The first time I met Anand and Zero and Kuvaps was uh, I think I had a work trip related to Chicago, so I was like, "Hey guys, you know, let's just hang out for a bit." And you know, those kind of opportunities have presented themselves over the the years and things like that. So 
Um, you know, me and me and Plute and Bearded Nerd, we've become uh, quite good friends, and we see each other on a regular basis. And uh, right. you know, so it's it's very it's very cool to uh, to make some quote unquote real friends. Uh, although I consider so many people at the site my real friends, despite I may not have actually met them in person or uh, or even had them on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. But so that was a great great segment. In fact, the whole episode is really fun to listen to. So I would recommend people go back. And it, it inspired me to also mention a bit of a disclaimer. We call it incompetence. I don't know, but I've never been able to figure out how to get iTunes to stop, like, not showing the episodes that are the last twenty or beyond the last twenty-five. It's okay. a feature of the old way iTunes used to work. Many podcasts, in fact, most podcasts probably do not have this problem today. Ours still does. Uh, if I can ever figure out how to fix it, I surely would, because it certainly doesn't help when you know. Most of seventy five percent of our damn history is not available to listen to. Okay, um, but everything is on Negative World. So if you go to Negative World and you go to the little podcast tab down in the upper uh, left area, you can find every single episode, every file's to there. It's all functional. You can download it in MP three or whatever formats they were available at the time. So it's no excuse if you like, you know, if you find that you want to go listen to an old episode, maybe the shortest ones. I can maybe let people know <laughs> what those are and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you can definitely go back and listen to these uh, in their entirety. So, okay. If the clip show does not satiate your thirst, then I can uh, I can help with that. Got it. Alas, let's go into our next clip. Okay. This is from episode twenty-one, called "Someone to Bake Them Evil Cakes," and this aired November two thousand eleven, and uh, in Nintendo history. The 3DS had hit a good stride with Mario Kart 7 and Super Mario 3D World, while also prepping to release a special Zelda version of the 3DS. Uh, <laughs> May, that might have been the first of very many. Uh, I don't recall exactly. I think I had a, a DS that was a Zelda theme, so it was just one of the, the many. But it was that black one with the gold trim and, uh, and a really nice logo in the center and everything. That was, that was the one I got. That was yeah. my first 3DS was that one. So that was that was just about to happen when this podcast released. Got it. And uh, and the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword finally released on Wii. Hmm. And uh, in this episode's clip, uh, I pretty much threw it in here for a special event. As far as the podcast goes, it was it was my first actual full hosting gig. So I was on wow. episode one. I was on episode five. I was on you know handful of episodes in the first uh, couple uh, you know of sets. Uh, but Guillaume did a lot of the heavy lifting in the in the beginning, and uh, so this is when me and him started doing alternates, and okay. uh, and I had my first actual full hosting uh, gig. So, all right, I figured why the hell not? <laughs> Let's just listen to that. So, uh, and then of course Cryogen, uh, Larry, a very good guy who helped me get some cool swag from uh, from Georgia. Uh, that's yeah. the whole story. That's on one of the podcasts, and I won't reiterate it here, but. Very cool guy, and um, he tells us what he's playing a little bit in this clip. So, here it is. Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 21. We're recording this on Saturday, November 19th, 2011, a mere day from the American Skyward Sword release. I'm your host, Stephen, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today, I have... I am the Cryogen, otherwise known as Larry. And later this uh, podcast, my topic will be the social stigmas associated with gaming, how it's developed over the years, and ultimately how Nintendo got drawn in and torn apart with it. 
All right, and also with us we have... It's me, Mario! <laughs> no, sorry, it's, uh, my name's Tom, uh, known as, uh, GameWizard65. Uh, later on in the show I'll be talking about, uh, Super Mario 3D Land. Uh, pretty cool game, as a matter of fact. That it is. Uh, as for myself, I'm gonna talk about the Mario Kart franchise, specifically asking the question, where is the Brawl version of it? Uh, that's with air quotes, of course, too. Uh, but before we head forth, I wanted to make a brief shout-out to Game Dad Grant for his donation and help on this podcast. He is essentially making it possible. So give him an E pat on the back for us. So with that said, let's get started. Here's what we've been playing. Um, I've actually, I'm actually a bit of a multi-gamer, I guess. Uh, what I do is uh, I have two TVs set up in my room, and I play one-on-one and one-on-the-other. Uh, weird like that. But what I've been playing lately is uh, Twilight Princess. I've been trying to blow through it as quickly as I could before Skyward Sword came out. And then on my other TV, I'm playing Gears of uh, War 3. So have you been doing that along with uh, Mr. Mustache and Shadowlink, the Twilight Princess run? I've tried. I didn't know that uh, y'all were starting that on the boards until after I'd started playing the game. Well, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't so much a um, like a a thing that they were doing. It's just that Mr. Mustache is determined to uh, to get it beaten before tomorrow, and so Shadow Link just joined him. Uh, so I wasn't sure if that was something you guys did together. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not going to make it. No, where are you at right now? I just made it to the Yeti's house. I remember is that like that. the snow level? Yes, I just yeah. got done. I just got done surfing down to his house, and I'm not going to make it to the end. <laughs> um, so then, you've also been playing uh, Gears of War. Gears of War three. Yeah, I'm a bit of a gears nut. What? Tell me about that game. I mean, I admit I'm a little ignorant with that. Gears of War. It takes place. I guess you would assume it's an alien world called Sarah, though they're still humans, and there's. Basically, it's a very long story and it's interconnected with about four novels, several comics. It's pretty much, um, this, this race of, uh, beings called the Locust erupt from the subterranean world of Sarah and start attacking humans. And the humans start fighting back, but they're losing heavily. And they actually start destroying their own cities and, uh, civilizations with, uh, laser-based satellite weaponry to pretty much provide asset denial to the Locust. And you play a character named Marcus Phoenix, who, <clears throat> whose father was a big component uh, to winning the war. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much uh, left to save his father and abandon his post, which caused them to lose ground against the Locust. And he got put in the uh, prison uh, for about four years or so. And then the game starts when his best friend comes and busts him out because all the Locusts are overrunning humanity and the head of the uh, cog uh, pretty much grants a pardon to all the prisoners. And so from there, you start fighting back against the Locusts, trying to defeat them. And it's it's a really long, complex story. Like I said, uh, complemented by several graphic novels and uh, novels and stuff. Isn't it a... It's a first-person shooter, right? Third person. Third person? Okay. And so is there RPG elements in that thing? Is that the game that has that, or am I thinking of something else? No, no RPG elements to it. Okay. It's, it's just straight-up action. Yeah, I don't play, I mean, I, I have an Xbox 360, but I don't play too much on it. I'm pretty Nintendo focused, so all that kind of stuff I hear about, but I, yeah, I have no idea. That's same with me, my son. Now he has an Xbox 360 and he's played all the Gear of War games. And I mean, I'll be honest, they look like really awesome, but with me, I know sometimes all people will get down on me for not playing the other systems, but I just don't have the time. I mean, I work about 60, 70 hours a week and, I'm lucky to get, you know, even with the Wii, 
as few games that's been out on that system, I just have a huge backlog on the games. And it's just been recently that I've actually even started getting back into gaming, and most of it's been on my handheld system. And and it may sound kind of bad, but most of my gaming's done at my one job that I work at because I'm there like eight hours, but I only actually probably put in about three to four hours worth of work. So in all my downtime, you know, I play my Mario game and all my games that I've downloaded from the eShop. So yeah, that was my first uh, first hosting gig, which sounds a lot like my current hosting gig. But it does. Uh, the quality of the audio is much much better now. Oh yeah, yeah. the The quality, the the editing finesse. Uh, it was a bit rough when I was left to my own accord to uh, to handle everything on uh, on my side of stuff. But uh, you know, I do want to throw out another shout out to GDG because what I was implying there with that little line about him making it possible. Mm-hmm. The call recorder software that I'm still using to this day, he paid for. What? Yep. So it was uh, when when I had to have a dedicated recording method. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking about. I'm not sure how he got roped into the conversation, but we were talking about options that I could use with Skype, and uh, it was you know it was 15 bucks or something like that. But um, but we were just trying to talk about that, and I think we were like, well, you know, does does zero feel like? throwing some money out there from the site, you know, ad revenue, which isn't, you know, a ton or anything. But uh, we were just throwing options out there, and, and Game Day Grant was like, you know what, I want to support the show. So he uh, he bought the damn thing and uh, gave me the code, and voila, I've been able to record our Skype calls ever since. He's a good man, that GDG. He very there's much no, is. There's no, no, one, no one would deny, as they say. Absolutely. He, uh, he did that, I think, well before I even actually got to meet him in person and everything, so... Um, for whatever that's worth, but uh, but yeah. So thank you to, to Game Day Grant, and um, and as far as the the clip itself, it's uh, it's just funny to to hear us talk about just you know games that were new to us at the time. I, that's something I like about the now playing segment. It's not one that particularly, I guess, is as memorable as other ones could be, topic wise. But it's kind of fun to see you know what was getting you excited and and talking and about games, you know, years ago. Of course. So, so it was great to have Cryogen on and, uh, and Game Wizard 65. Uh, neither uh, kind of comes around too much anymore. Uh, Cryogen pops in from time to time. But, uh, but yeah. It's, it's interesting because I've, I've played a good amount of Monster Hunter with Cryogen over mm-hmm. the years. But I actually, like, that's the where the most interaction between the two of us ever came from. Like, uh, I, I mean, we, we, we exchanged messages on, on the site, but you know how you kind of have like people that you sort of like just by sheer luck, like end up having conversations with. And then there's a lot of people that you just sort of are just sort of there and they're just sort of part of the community, but you don't necessarily interact in a very direct way right. very frequently, if that <laughs> makes any sense. Um, and so, yeah, and so he, so he was always kind of that for me. So it's very interesting for me and cool to actually hear his voice and put some personality to the uh, to the person that I hunted so many large monsters with. <laughs> uh, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's cool. So that was episode twenty one, and mm-hmm. let's jump to the next one in the thirties. Now, okay. a quick little bonus fact is that. Do you remember what episode your first one was? 
I do not actually. It's 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 somewhere around here. I didn't pull a, uh, a snippet from it, and perhaps I should have. But um, uh, it was episode thirty, okay. called "Better Late Than Never," and it yep. was you, me, and Game Wizard sixty five. And I think that's the really? reason I I didn't uh, include that one because we just you know had a snippet with him and everything, and so I was trying to keep it fresh, change it up. So yep. yeah, so that was your very first one. Okay, so and this then, is so from here on out. These podcasts are canon, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, uh, yes, uh, right. because you weren't in 31, but then from 32 on, you were you were you were part of the show as a as a staple. So, yep. yep, um, yep. Who knows what 31 was about? I have to go look to see why you weren't in that one. But uh, but alas, 30 then 32 and then 33, which is our episode in this snippet. That was okay. a really long way for me to get to that, but. Uh, in episode 33, the uh, the name of it was Answer Live, These Questions 5. And I do remember that name. <laughs> I always liked that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was from July 2012. So as you can guess, it was an episode about E3. Uh, E3 2012. And um, this was a, a really cool one where we had five different questions to ask various guests. And then we also had them each pick something from E3 that they loved or really, not necessarily love, but just something that really grabbed them and then talk about it. So every single guest had some, I guess there was a little bit of content that kind of brought us together, and we all got to see our opinions on the same questions, and there's content that was very unique. And uh, if, you know, Poke Squadron talked about this, then the big G753 wouldn't talk about that. He'd talk about something else. And so okay, uh, it's the E3 episodes are some of the best to go back and listen to, to be honest. But alas, this one uh, we'll get to in just one second. Nintendo history at the time. Uh, folks had been touting that Nintendo was on its way to becoming a software company. Uh, Again, one of those things that just never seems to, to stop. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of that, though, there was also a news report that I saw where Nintendo said that they were bored with people saying, stop making hardware. <laughs> hmm. So that was a thing. And then uh, Zombie U's new trailer was all the buzz. Okay. So in this snippet, we have uh, myself, yourself, and Poke Squadron as we discuss the Wii U gamepad and the features uh, that it has as, uh, you know, before we actually got to own one. So here it is. Outstanding. The Wii U gamepad, clearly it's the, the main, you know, difference uh, than, than the previous Wii besides the HD graphics. But it's, it's, they kept saying it was a revolution, which I thought was maybe a planned word towards, you know, the code name for the old Wii. Mm. But I really do believe that it's, a revolution on some level anyway, because Nintendo yet again is taking a step in another direction than its competitors. And I give them a lot of credit for that. And I probably always will as, as long as I continue to do it. But, uh, you know, it's not unanimously awesome to people. People, some people hate the idea. Some people love it. So, you know, what do you think? And, and what do you want to talk to us about? Uh, well, I'm basically wanted to talk about, whether or not we thought that Nintendo did a good job of, of selling us the idea of making the case for this controller that has a touchscreen in it. Um, for me personally, um, I still think that the most compelling part of the, of the gamepad is the fact that, you know, I can untether the game from the TV and, you know, say I want to watch a baseball game or something and I can be still playing my game while some other things are going on or you know if i'm going to bed soon and i don't feel like turning the tv on but i want to play virtual console games like that kind of stuff i think is is still really cool and i like the idea of 
you know, if we're all on each other's friend lists and we're sending each other messages, I can get those messages without having to load up the TV and just, it's all right there. They made a great point to really show that too, didn't they? Like, you know, it's going to be able to turn your TV on by itself, you know, to turn the console on for that. Uh, you can check certain things without having to actually boot up the main console. Um, you know, look, I don't know, that, that whole detachment thing and their whole mentality of um, relying on the TV no more was a big part of their whole mantra. And, uh, I mean, so far, they really look like they're doing it. And it's really exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of, and, and from interviews, I believe, of Miyamoto uh, from a while ago, he had always kind of wished that he could do that. So it's kind of nice that maybe he's realizing something that he's wanted to do for a long time. I, I think the impact of it is a bit lessened by the fact that they're letting you get, like, an app on your phone that can do a lot of the same functions, like, access your, like, message feed and that kind of stuff. But I think the general idea of just always being able to be in touch with, you know, your your messages and, and that kind of stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. Another thing was that I like the fact that just simply because it's a touchscreen, it's going to be way easier to type things in to my friends and or draw things to them. Uh, sending any message to anyone on the Xbox 360 or, or even the Wii is like is a huge pain in the ass. Um, I mean, with the Xbox, you can send people voice messages, which is cool, but just the act of typing in general on those other devices, like for Netflix or anything like that, it, it's it's annoying. Yeah. And just, just having something to easily type something up real quick, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then you can expand on that, too, with the video chat feature now. So instead of typing something to someone, you can even just talk with them. Which yeah, is, I'm, uh, I'll be curious to see how high the quality that camera is. Um, yeah, I guess for the for the demo video, it was kind of um, too good, maybe, for what we might expect. Hmm. Yeah, you I'm know. kind of expecting it to be maybe a little bit higher quality than what we have on the 3DS. Um, I've never even tried that. Yeah, me, me neither. Uh, I mean... I, I think the 3DS is... It can't take video, can it? Um, uh, what do yeah. You, what do you mean, record video? Yeah, can it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. it, it was a firmware update later on, but yeah, it can. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be way better because they know they're going to be displaying it in HD. Um, uh, but now, now if, that, if, that, uh, if it is a higher quality video, wouldn't that uh, make it more likely to have bandwidth issues? Uh, that's another thing, yeah. So I would almost, I would probably rather prefer it be, you know, as crappy as you want, as long as it's not going to lag or cause, you know. Well, couldn't they do what Netflix does now? Like, on my phone, whenever I watch Netflix, it'll adjust depending on the kind of connection I have. So I'll have yeah. a better video if it can handle it, and it automatically downgrades itself if it doesn't. Well, you're you're just talking about the, the camera, right? Oh, well, okay, I see what you're saying. So you're just talking about general resolution, not, like, the feed coming in? Oh no, I'm saying if it if I had to choose between like a great camera resolution and something that would potentially be laggy, uh I would rather have it just be like a like a very practical functional like this is the person I'm talking to as opposed to, you know, and now I can tell if they like shaved this morning or something, you know. Yeah, it's not exact. You're not going to exactly be making prints out of photos that you take on this you know, thing. As long as it's not just our me's with like a moving mouth, you know. <laughs> Which, I mean, believe it or not, I'm sure Nintendo, you know, considered. So, Joe, can you uh, 
Can you see if they shave this morning with today's tech? Today's tech? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I guess so. But uh, I remember one time trying to use that feature, and it was like someone called me, and I missed the call, and then I tried to call them back, and then they weren't there. And that was it. <laughs> And that was the that was the one time that was within like you know a week or two of the system coming out. That is the it. exact story behind everyone else's experience with that. Pretty feature. much, pretty much. It's funny to hear us talk about it with such hype and kind of excitement of what it could be, and yet it fell so fucking flat. Yeah, I mean, I forgot that the Wii U had that potential bargaining right. chip. To be honest, right. yeah, I mean, the Wii U. I think it. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll it'll go down as a system that that had some great games. Uh, for me personally, I don't know about historically, but for me personally, it'll also go down as a system of just untapped potential. I mean, I don't, I really don't think it was like a bad idea or you know doomed to failure or anything like that. It was, I, I think it was a great idea. I think just they never really first or third party never really did a great job kind of capitalizing or leveraging what the system could do i feel so absolutely i mean like i said earlier in this podcast nintendo's always been about baby steps and mm. i think it was a it was an important step to make for where we are now and it was a unique very nintendo like step to deviate from the other competition in the way that they did and uh and it's actually funny to me to hear how jamie uh post squadron is talking well he and i are we're talking about just the potential of it being off screen and how that's such a focus mm -hmm. and then it's but it's funny to hear us say that then and realize well that's really actually coming to fruition now right yeah and, and back then it was kind of it was more a gimmick than anything and so hopefully the lessons learned last time and the things that it did lack, that you find it, it had lacked in, and that I would probably agree with you in most cases, hopefully those are not going to repeat themselves now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But we're we're in the exact same position. I, well, okay, we're technically a little bit later than than the the past Fink and Sage of this uh, clip, but uh, we're right at that you know precipice of the beginning of this generation, and you know, I mean, we could be making these same calls and. Three four years when we say to ourselves, "Wow, how were we so ignorant about you know what Nintendo was going to do?" We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this time things are a little. It's simpler, so I, I I don't I don't think the risk is as you know is as great. But um, but then again, I, that's always I think it's always going to be the case with Nintendo, so long as they are always sort of experimenting and trying to push boundaries a little bit then there's always going to be that uncertainty and most of the time i feel like they hit it out of the park and every now and then they virtual boy so that's that's <laughs> so you just use that as a verb huh? yeah i guess it did it's a virtual boy yeah well so you talk about trying new things and that leads us into our next clip okay because the episode 40 clip that I have here, the episode was titled Listen While You Wii U, and mm -hmm. it was in November of 2012. This is probably, if I recall, uh, the first episode that people would have had a Wii U in their homes at the time. 
which is why the name came, you know, to uh, pretty much say, hey, please listen to the podcast while you're playing your Nintendo and <laughs> give us some attention, please. So uh, the Nintendo history around this time, obviously the Wii U uh, was releasing, but um, Nintendo 3DS had surpassed the lifetime sales of the GameCube, which is pretty notable. Uh, mm-hmm. North American kids who were surveyed wanted a Wii U and an iPad for uh, the most uh, that Christmas. That was their number one yeah. wish. And then uh, Reggie Fizeme appeared on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show, and I think that might have been his first time doing it. Okay. I can't recall if it was, but uh, but I saw that article, and I remember him being on there, and Jimmy's had him on since. But right. to me, that was uh, that was a pivotal moment for marketing for Nintendo, where right. I feel like they were really trying to reach out more than they ever did before. Right. And, and it was also interesting that you had a late-night talk show that was giving prime airtime to video games. That's a very understated uh, point that I'm glad you brought yeah. up because it's yeah. it's equally, if not more important, maybe than than the other <laughs> way around. You know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Jimmy, that's one thing I've always appreciated about Jimmy Fallon is, I guess, maybe his youthfulness or his playfulness, uh, but I guess his his interests and how they spill over into his show. Sure, you wouldn't expect Johnny Carson to be doing that. Well, no, but uh, I didn't know him personally, so nor do I know Jimmy Fallon personally. <laughs> anyway, so. Speaking of, you know, R- Reggie experimenting with the marketing aspect, going on Jimmy Fallon, well, this podcast snippet is us two with Gelatinous Encore talking about Miiverse. And, okay. uh, cause the Miiverse was just coming out at this time. So, mm-hmm. uh, and now as we record this today, we are seeing it go away. So it's, it's true. It's kind of an interesting bookend. So I wanted to include it. Here it is. Okay. I feel like Nintendo was doing Twitter for video games. Yeah, yeah. And, Lately, particularly because of the the political, um, you know, atmosphere of this country right now, but uh, but just just in general, I've been trying to be more of a Twitter dude because uh, I I've friended or uh, followed some people more and everything. So after work, you know, um, you know, I I carpool, so I usually don't end up driving, and so I end up just checking my Twitter feed and seeing stuff, and I catch my something like Go Nintendo catches my eye with a story I didn't see because I wasn't paying attention today, and it probably is on page three anyway. So I get to see this now, or I get to see a funny quote from like John Stewart or something. And in that same way, if you if I've got the app, the Miiverse app on my phone, I I'm, if I got a minute of boredom to kill, I may not be searching through games to buy, but I'm going to be checking my feed to see what people are playing, just out of curiosity. And maybe someone will say something that's relevant, or maybe I'll want to comment back, or maybe I want to look into the game they're talking about. The mm. possibilities are like endless with this, and I really think it's a. Uh, it is just a monumental achievement if they pull this off. More than people will. I ever, hope they do. More than like, especially non-Nintendo people. I feel like they might not get it, but I feel like this has the potential to be something that is more special than people even realize. Even even people on negative world right now. It has the potential from all aspects of marketing and connectivity and everything to really be uh, an incredible feature. I agree. It's yeah. it's probably the you know the the hardware aside the biggest. Feature I've heard about that I'm most interested in. Yeah, and and simply because it addresses that idea you mentioned of you know it being so hard to get together with your friends, and this just adds a little bit of a social uh, you know flavor I, to your gaming. I'm pretty sure too that it will link with your Facebook account. Um, not that I would want it to per se, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it does, and, I and hopefully like... it links up with Nintendo TV too. Hopefully. It- both like work together somehow. Yeah, and I mean, if they do that, then people will even use it to post things on their Facebook, which keeps them even more intertwined. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Nintendo. Nintendo's going to be towing a line because if they if they fail at this, they're going to look like idiots, and <laughs> people are going to be very yeah. disappointed <laughs> with it being such a such a prominent feature. It'll really make them feel like their system's not worth much, especially when the other systems come out. But I think that whatever graphics the Wii U produces plus the Miiverse could still stand up to, you know, whatever graphics the PlayStation has. Because I, I mean, Sony could be drastically trying to scramble to create their own competitor right now. Um, but, uh, but graphics plus this Miiverse is what the Wii U is all about. It's not just the graphics. It's not an HD Wii. And the controller. Well, yes, course. that too. Which again, you kind of do need touch control to have the freedom of, of the, of the chat and discussion and social aspects that you, that are required for this to work. If you were just selecting item or uh, little chat phrases, or if you were just selecting letters, like, you know, using it old school, like Zelda or something, that's not going to fly. Not in this day and age. Not when it, you right. know, everything's happening so fast. Yeah. You can't, no one spends that much time, um, typing anymore. You got to be able to just Don't... tap, 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 tap. Or maybe they'll even have swipe in some weird fantasy land. <laughs> that fantasy land, I think, is, uh, is where I was at. Because, maybe. Uh, it's it's so funny to listen to this because I mean so many things I wanted to stop the snippet and interrupt myself so many times because for example uh saying that we wouldn't be you know typing letter by letter anymore well we're doing that to post to Twitter today uh, but the things that I thought were most notable about that and and not to cut you off but uh Meverse I think did grow into something that was appreciated to that degree by mm-hmm. Nintendo fans and I think people are very bummed that it's leaving today, you know, in this day and age. But at the same time, I've, I said it myself, the Miiverse is the Twitter for Nintendo. And Nintendo finally said, you know what? Marketing to just ourselves with Miiverse is not as beneficial as marketing to Twitter and to <laughs> Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding myself not posting as much necessarily, but maybe maybe not too far off to Twitter right now for Breath of the Wild and things like that and other screenshots. And I'm seeing a lot of my friends do it, and it's very easy to do. And frankly, non-Nintendo gamers are going to be seeing those posts, and that's better for Nintendo in the long run. So I can see why they might be killing this, because it was an experiment, but I guess the infrastructure was already there. Yeah, um, I I can see kind of pros and cons both ways. Uh, I, I definitely understand why. I understand why they did it in the first place, and I understand why they would be moving away from it. Like... Uh, you know, as far as why they were doing it in the first place, like one thing that I don't know if I fully verbalized at yeah you know, in that episode at any point, but but I I think there's something to be said for kind of having a, a like an insular way to communicate among Nintendo fans. You know, like um, sometimes on some of those other social networks, you know, it's just it's just. Uh, or, or, or even among other sort of like gaming communities, you know, it can still just sort of be difficult to get the same sort of attention for, for Nintendo stuff. So, to me, it kind of made sense. It was the same thing for like the Nintendo Directs, right? It's like uh, Nintendo doesn't doesn't really get the same amount of coverage or covered in the same way. So, it seemed like Nintendo was just like, well, forget the media. We're just gonna we're just gonna tell people directly ourselves, right? So I felt like this was, you know, sort of like a social network version of that same approach, which I, which I think makes a lot of sense, um, and and that I, you know, appreciated. The problems, the reason why I think you would move away from it, what you said makes a ton of sense too. I mean, it's not like 
on Twitter or something. It's not like it's impossible to just, if you want to have just one more Nintendo centric kind of Twitter network, you can do that. Um, it might be a little difficult at times, but you can do it. Uh, and like you said about bringing in new people, that's definitely got advantages from a certain business perspective. So, so I get that as well. Um, and I just think, I just think Miiverse, there was just, it was tough. I don't, I wouldn't say that it failed in terms of what it set out to do, but I'm not sure that it was ever quite what I hoped it would be because it really was very, very difficult. I felt to see and be motivated to start a conversation and then continue that conversation. Would you agree with that? Yeah, whenever anyone commented on my stuff, I never felt like I was reaching back to them. Right. It was almost like I was posting a response and they may never see it. <laughs> or, uh, right. Or sometimes it didn't necessarily, like, honestly, I think just how it was formatted, it didn't seem like it was necessarily going, like, I don't know, it just wasn't linked. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was a weird, you know, we talk about, like, synchronous and asynchronous communication. This was, like, a weird sort of super asynchronous it was like it was almost like message in a bottle you know it's like you just throw it out and hope that it gets seen or you know well considering we've had things like that in like zelda games i mean that's that sure. nintendo, nintendo would be fine with that <laughs> you know? right they'd true. find it magical and whimsical it's yep yeah. uh, but also like one thing that for me that ended up kind of souring me on meverse in a in a completely unfair way was how many games would have uh, stamps as as the payoff for some activity in the game? You know, it's like as you progress and you get more stamps. It's like I'm sorry, I just I just never cared about stamps. It's like every now and then I would try, I would try to maybe be like I try to use one in a clever way or something. So it's like eh, <laughs> really cares. But then, but so many games would like. Uh, first party games anyway would have you know dozens and dozens of these unlockables in a quest and the reward is always just stamps it's like Twilight Princess HD did that Twilight to, Princess HD to pad uh, you know yeah Mario Kart 8 was another big one I mean you know you wanted to post in the Hylian alphabet via stamps mm, on Miiverse no 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 you know no it did make for some very ugly Miiverse posts for Yoshi's Woolly World because whenever mm. it would show that, they were just like people would get a stamp, they would just spam it and scribble. Yep. There was never yep. a coherent message on that at all. Yep. Yeah, that was that was another thing that was weird. You know, some some weird things about Miiverse because on the one hand, you would have people who would make these artistic masterpieces that I never, I don't even know how they did it. I don't know how they did. I don't know how you <laughs> make a straight line on Miiverse, but there would people who would have these, you know, pixel perfect works of art and I, I have no idea how they did that. But there wasn't enough of that that would get through. Somehow, you know, there wasn't a great mechanism to make sure that that stuff would get through, but people just spamming a stamp and then scribbling did not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like most of the time any game that showed you that would like scroll through like Yoshi's Willy World, it was just like it was just garbage. It was just sometimes they'd be blank, you know. Sometimes they'd just be a scribble, 
And for Yoshi's Woolly World, I know like half of them were like poop or fart jokes because <laughs> yep. Yoshi, you know, there was like stamps where he would bend over for an egg or whatever it he is. Didn't even like, need the stamp for that. Like they just existed for, for that game. Yeah, pretty much. So, and it was it, you know with Twitter or Facebook, you can follow someone, someone's posts better, I think, than Meverse. Like if you did find yes. an artist who you liked what they did. Uh, it was just harder to keep up with their work. I mean, Carlos Rocks was doing some cool art on there, and it just was hard for me to keep up with what he was doing. Different than, say, if I followed his Twitter, and I could easily just look at all of his old posts, and they were all right. there. Or uh, or if you're on Facebook, you know, and you're following them, you can link yourself easily to another website, which Nintendo never lets you, you know, link to other websites. They didn't want you to talk about that stuff, and that's probably for safety reasons for, like, younger people and stuff. But uh, it it was yeah it was almost a detriment to itself in that aspect to be a closed off community like that, but you know just a quick thing uh, my final thought on the topic and we could have a whole podcast about Meverse to be honest, it is very easy in, on Twitter to cater your feed I mean that's one of the features of it mm-hmm. but at the same time there's so much there to view that you it's very hard to leave yourself to just that so having on your own Nintendo console something that was dedicated to it that when you went in you knew you would be hearing about Nintendo you'd be seeing about Nintendo you'd be talking about Nintendo I think different than what we're doing with Twitter right now in Breath of the Wild I do feel like Miiverse was more a venue that people wanted to discuss games that they were playing or uh, share things about games right now we're going through a honeymoon phase where we're sharing Breath of the Wild screens like crazy because it's a beautiful game when that's done I don't know if it'll be as meaningful as Miiverse would have been Right. Well, and I have to say, like, I have had the feed on Twitter. Uh, like, I changed my Twitter bookmark to the notifications URL instead of the main feed for the specific reason of seeing too many Breath of the Wild spoilers in my feed. Mm. And for me, that was a huge just deal breaker. On Meverse, you got that little spoiler tag deal built right in. So that alone was a nice kind of feature. I'm, you know, I've really been kind of amazed. Some like, you know, major like media figures that I follow just post, you know, we're just posting like, I guess it's tough in Breath of the Wild what, what one defines as a spoiler or not. But to me, if it's a game that's all about discovery, I want to discover those things you know so you got these uh journalists who you know had early access to the game and so we might be a day or two in but they're almost done with it and they're posting things it's just like this is not cool so uh, yeah that was a way twitter really kind of let me down which you know meverse had planned ahead for that sort of thing right and i believe on meverse you could uh, if if something wasn't spoiler tagged, you can actually right. flag it as such, report right. it yeah, as yeah, a spoiler, yeah. and yep. if enough people did, then they, they would do it for you. Right. And that is actually a big plus to the Meverse, and I'm glad you brought that up. And mm. for me, Twitter was actually very good about that. The people I followed just were very respectful, and a lot of them talked about being respectful. So I'm not sure who you follow that that I don't that uh, made the difference. Mm. But I will say YouTube was where I got fucked over because. Uh, 
there's some simple things like uh, clothing that you wear in Breath of the Wild, and I won't because I don't even know if you have it or anything, so I won't even mm-hmm. say it. But mm-hmm. there was a YouTube video that just showed up as my suggested videos that I didn't even ask for, you know, on a right. by, by a person I never followed or never seen before. But it would yep. pop up, and then the video would be like five cool things uh, you can do in this game, you know, just a very simple, non-spoilery video. But yep. of course, they got to fucking wear this very special outfit or this you know this hood or whatever the hell it is in the fucking screen to to like <laughs> when it's not even related to the video like why are you spoiling that for people yeah or okay. or um you know other a lot of videos like that just would have creatures that you you only find out after playing the game for some time and it there were a few moments in that game where i really was like my breath was taken away from how whimsical the whole experience was of like i can't believe that's happening right now and, uh, and yeah, and I had a few of those moments kind yeah. of taken away from me a little bit because unrelated topics and unrelated videos from people who just wanted the hits because they wanted to grab your attention is kind of frustrating. And Meverse would never would have had that, but they also wouldn't have had videos. And, you know, I mean, so there's clearly give and take. And, uh, yeah, definitely. you know, not to make this the Meverse podcast, the last thing I'll say is hot damn, they were talking about a, phone app at the time for Meverse. When the hell was that going to happen? I completely forgot that was a thing. Mm. We never saw that. And maybe, you know, if whatever they're developing now for voice chat and other collaborations, maybe that might have a Meverse aspect to it uh, that could maybe give us a little bit of both. I know Meverse is supposedly dead, but um, it'd be kind of nice if they maybe brought some of these things that we'd like to see that aren't available on Twitter or Facebook back into the app. Mm. And yeah, uh, I, I don't know how they do it, but we'll see. And um, in five years, when we talk some more and we find out that we're still waiting for that phone app, uh, you know, we can speculate <laughs> some more. Absolutely. So, anyway, let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to yeah. the next episode, which um, this aired uh, a whopping year later. So, we jumped quite wow. ahead 15 episodes to episode 55. And I had to bring this one. In fact, we have two clips from it because this is one of my favorite episodes of the of the whole podcast. It's called oh. Tadpole and the Family. Oh, and yes. we had our good buddy Triforce Bun on. And uh, this was November t- 2013. And we had him talking about Brawl and the Family. And also, he was just starting to uh, prepare for a Kickstarter called Tadpole Trouble. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll talk about that. Real quick, some uh, some quick Nintendo history uh, lessons here. The Nintendo Network IDs and the Miiverse were coming to the 3DS because they first launched on Wii U. And uh, Super Mario 3D World releases on the Wii U. And CNET calls the Wii U one of the worst tech Christmas gifts of the year. Hmm. So go Nintendo. Hmm. Dot com. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I just thought that was kind of funny because... Whether you might have agreed at the time, uh, it's just it's just fun to look back and see so much hate so easily. By the right. way, when you look at old news, it's it's pretty great, um, but not really. Anyway, so in this first snippet, we'll come back uh, for the second one too. But in this first snippet, we have uh, Matthew or Triforce Bun, as some may know him, talking about choosing the Kirby universe for his Brawl in the Family comic. I, I think it, what started it was was actually just kind of the situation I grew up in. Um, we had an NES when I was about three, and I was just mesmerized by the worlds and the characters in games like Super Mario Brothers and the original Legend of Zelda. And 
I, they kind of became this obsession to me. Like I was definitely a Nintendo uh, kid, you know, I would, I would draw in like first grade class and stuff. I would draw Mario and I would draw like these maps for like, you know, sequels, you know, like Super Mario Universe, you know, where, where Bowser rides a T-Rex, you know, and there'd be like maps of these, of these new levels and things, you know, they're, they're all really stupid because, you know, I, mean, I was a kid, but, uh, but it, it's kind of this whole lifelong, um, uh, admiration of mine of of these worlds and characters, and you know, as as I got older, um, Nintendo I think still has kept maintained that quality for the most part uh, in their games, and it's always something really magical to uh, you know to play the latest and greatest uh, games in, in their in their series. Absolutely, and and I really appreciate that your Brawl in the Family comic uses so much of that lore and uh, you know characterization and all that stuff from Nintendo. Because uh, as as a fan, just like you, who's who, you know, it goes deep to the core. Long time, you know, started. Uh, it's really entertaining to to check out your work. Okay, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a big part of that is because I feel that uh, I, I I don't think the comic would be the same if I didn't really really like Nintendo. You know, like sure. if I if if I just kind of like Nintendo and it was still about Nintendo, I think it would be a lot more sardonic and kind of um, I kind of negative towards you know some of Nintendo's like business practices and things like that. But I've always kind of wanted to make it more about uh, the characters themselves rather than, like, the company in terms of, like, you know, having an executive in a room and he's like, I got this great idea. Let's make the 3DS only 2D. And, you know, and, and like, I don't know, making a joke out of that, for instance, rather than um, just having the characters themselves interact with each other. What was the uh, decision to... It seems like you kind of focused your universe around, like, Kirby and like the Kirby characters, at least, mm-hmm. at least to some extent, at least initially. Yeah. What is it? Was he always like your? Were those your favorite games or? Um, like, uh, you know, it's an interesting choice to start there <laughs> instead of the cliche, you know, Mushroom Kingdom. I, I think part of that is, um, I mean, I I like the Kirby series a lot. I, I think some people are mistaken that they think it's it's my favorite of Nintendo series, <laughs> and I mean, I really like it, but. I don't know if I'd put any of the games in like my top ten games of all time or anything like that. Um, with with Kirby, I think it started because like when Brawl and the Family started, I didn't necessarily set out to make a webcomic. I was just kind of it started with me just drawing these Kirby characters in really silly situations, and I think part of that was a combination of uh, I just think Kirby is kind of funny looking and and like DDD is kind of weird looking and I don't know. I, I thought I, I just thought of these jokes about Kirby uh, Kirby's eating mechanic going wrong yeah. in some way or another. He's one of the more expressive or capable of being expressive characters. Yeah, I mean he's really expressive and he's also really like simple to draw. So I, I just came up with these uh, a few ideas involving Kirby and King DDD and Meta Knight and those are like the first ten comics or so. And when I put them up, people really liked them. So I. I guess as as I've made more and more comics, the core has kind of always been about Kirby because I think that kind of grounds it a little bit. Like um, it 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 makes there be a sort of uh, center to the comic instead of just um, you know one off gags. There's there's sort mm. of uh, a main character at least, and um, it, it became Kirby because uh, because it started with Kirby basically. That was such a great interview. Mm-hmm. You know, as he's someone that we have interacted with so many times over the years, and uh, to have time to sit down and almost, you know, act like he's a little bit of a celeb, and we're kind of interviewing him more like a traditional outlet might, was actually a lot of fun, and I got a lot of insight that I never really 
realized uh, from just him and his comic. Absolutely. Uh, I still, I think he is kind of a celeb. He's just one that happens to uh, bum around with, with us commoners, really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, between, geez, this is such a popular and successful comic, and then uh, actually actually making a game that, that actually got put on uh, you know, various major platforms and you know was reviewed well and all that i mean that's it's it's amazing so uh yeah so that was super cool that we that we had the ability to uh you know the the privilege to actually have this kind of interview and that you know he gave us the time to do that that was really fun and so brawl in the family is definitely something that most nintendo fans grew to appreciate very quickly and so later in the episode, we discuss his Kickstarter that he was starting for Tadpole Trouble, and uh, and that too was just a fantastic snippet of uh, of pre information because it hadn't even begun yet. So this is Matthew talking about you know his game and himself in the context of uh, yeah not knowing if he would succeed, not knowing if he'd have a Nintendo game on his resume. And uh, and it's pretty fun to listen to, so here it is. Uh, the game is called Tadpole Treble, T-R-E-B-L-E. And the concept is, uh, it started, you know, I've had this concept for actually a really long time, like a, around 10 years or so. I've, I've always wanted to make a game like this. Um, and it kind of it was inspired by my dad, um, who's a musician as well, uh, playing in Finale, which is a music program. And, uh, you know, the notes would go by, he would write music and he would play it back. And as the notes go by, you know, you hear them play as, as this line kind of crosses them. And I thought, you know, that was, it, it made the, the music really sort of stand out to me. Like you really were paying attention to the notes and, and you could really get a new appreciation for the music. And being a video game fan, you know, a huge one, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a game where the notes, you know, going by determined the, the music, like the level itself. So, in other words, they were obstacles and you had to dodge them. And that kind of led to uh, the idea of controlling a tadpole. So, the concept of the game is you play as Baton, who's a newborn uh, tadpole, and you're swimming through these different levels trying to make your way home. And as you're, as you're swimming through the levels, the notes come by and, you know, if the music goes do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, the, the obstacles will do that too. So, determining, um, depending on how intense the music is, that determines uh, how how difficult the, the level is, basically. Does so the name that, does the oh, name sorry, come from uh, does the name come from your proximity to Baton Rouge at all? Uh, that was part of the reason I picked Baton. Uh, the other part was because all the all the, the creatures in this game have some sort of musical name, and I sure. thought Baton was was really fitting because um, she's basically kind of controlling the music in a way, you know? And I, I think tadpoles are also shaped like batons a little bit. <laughs> I get so, it. So it's, it's kind of three reasons. It's the, it's the baton rouge and uh, and the other two reasons. Music. Sweet. That's a great observation, Joe. As for the music, I'm actually doing the music because um, music is, is one of my passions. And, you know, you, anyone who's, who's listened to the comics and Brawl in the Family knows that I, you know, I really like doing the, the musical comics and... Um, it's just a really fun challenge to write a song that um, not only is catchy, but it fits the level's theme, and it also doubles as the uh, level design. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Like if, uh, you know, I could have a song that has a cool melody, but it'd be really easy to swim past, you know? Right. Good point. So I have to kind of think about, you know, how these harmonies can work and what path the player can take. So it's really a, a unique challenge. So I've been having a good time with it. So I don't know how well versed, uh, he was with his answers, but man, the guy was really articulate and very clear minded about his vision as he was going mm-hmm. into that Kickstarter. And that's, uh, to be that's kind of admirable to be honest. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I think he's definitely someone who yeah, he's always had a good head on his shoulders and always been able to keep a lot of these different sort of uh ventures well organized and things and uh it shows not only in the ability to succeed with them but sometimes to just to just get the things uh out the door. I mean, for a lot of folks they you know some people are, are good idea people, but the the execution doesn't always come together, you know. And I yeah. think he's he's able to do both. So absolutely. And so I look forward to uh, you know talking to him about his next Kickstarter, whenever that may be, if, if he does one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure I mentioned this at the time, but I'm not much of a Kickstarter person, not for any particular reason. But uh, the only one I've ever donated to was was this one was was this one for Temple Trouble. So you are one for one as far as uh, people following through, which is <sighs> a great uh <laughs> ratio to have in Kickstarter yes, world. This is true. This is true. Yep. But uh but yeah, so a very cool interview. I really recommend people go back and listen to episode 55 to get the whole thing and uh give it a listen and of course, you know, I I always encourage folks to follow Matthew and uh and support his endeavors. Mhm. So chronologically, that was episode 55. Next, we would hit one of the 60s, but we have a bonus snippet that I rediscovered. That's right. I rediscovered it while I was looking through some stuff. And it's kind of like, you know, going through your closet and finding old photos or something. Right. Uh, In episode 57, we had an episode called The Koopa with the Pink Sunglasses. Yep. Roy Koopa. Yep. And uh, we did a special intro with a few people. And uh, and I had to include it because one, it's really fun, and what we did, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I didn't, I didn't go back and verify this, but I'm pretty sure that the actor who played, I think it was Luigi, or whoever passed first. Unfortunately, the two actors who played Mario and Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, they had have passed away since. And at the time, one of them had, and so I thought a, a fun way to honor them would be for us to sing the theme song as a collection. And uh, that was quite an interesting experiment in coordination and um, singing ability and just overall goofiness. And uh, it came out pretty well. We did the intro and then we did the, the a second part of the end. I have both here in the snippet. But um, uh, one more note I'll make before we play it. So far in all the snippets we've played, besides you and I, Joe, we've had we, we've heard from ten different people. Mm. Which is just an example of the breadth of of the wild. Okay, yes, thank you. I should stop using that word and setting you up. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's a good example of how many people and, and the variants we've had on the show over these years. And in this snippet, we're going to hear from five more that we haven't That's heard incredible. from yet. So that'll take us up to fifteen for the show. Before you throw to this, though, I just want to get one thing straight. Yes. The actors in the Super Mario Brothers movie, the live-action movie, yes, starring uh, Bob Hoskins, Bob Hoskins, and John Leguizamo, and 
John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo's not dead. No. Okay. All right. It's a Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh. The, the TV show. Now I get it. Yeah. One I... was Captain Lou Albano. He was yep. uh, Mario. And then um, Danny Wells, the late great Danny Wells. Both were great delights on that show. And so we had to pay homage to it. So, um, yeah, John Leguizamo, his career may be over. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I haven't heard from him in a while, but I'm sure he's doing fine. Um, sure. Okay. Now I understand. Yeah. I was, you see where the confusion sure. came in. They both showed Super Mario. Yeah. Let's do the Mario now <laughs> into this next clip. Well said. We're the Mario Brothers, and plumbing's our game. We're not like the others, we get all the fame. If you're sick and in trouble, you can call us on the double. But faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh! <laughs> <laughs> hooked on the brothers. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yo, you're in for a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats. You'll meet Koopas, the Troopas, the Princess, and the others. Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers. To the bridge! I say who 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 don't the brothers the brothers the brothers Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side Come on it's time to go do the Mario take one step and then again let's do the Mario all together now It's the Mario! Do the Mario! Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go! Do the Mario! Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now! Just like that! Deek. <laughs> oh my god, what a delight that is. Yep. Makes me so happy. That's uh, amazing. And the little finale. It was yes. it was <laughs> it was challenging but very fun to cut that together right. And I appreciated I heard reports from many of those people uh about how meticulously they were trying to time the beat of their own song mm-hmm. uh to to it so that way it would flow the best. Because I, I have full versions of everyone's songs that I cut together. That's so great. I could I could really just play them all if you wanted me to. But uh all right, so do you know who was in there? Yeah, I realized midway that I didn't announce that yet. So, so there's a know, lot of re- voices in there that I don't recognize. There's only five. Well, okay, there's six total, seven total people. There's Zero. There's Chris really? Wright. Yep, Zero was in there. Mm hmm. So Zero's in there. Chris Wright was in there quite a bit. Didn't even recognize that one either. Okay. Roy, Roy Koopa 64. All right. Game Dad Grant. Wow. Kuvaps. Jeez. Plute. I know all these people. And a little bit of myself. Right. You're the only one that I could pick out. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what that says about well, my ear or if people were kind of like, you know, getting into character a little that's more. That's it. That's it. I I was not very into character. Um, Roy Koopa wasn't really uh, getting all rough and tumble like, uh, was like he, Chris Was Ryan he the there. one that like 
that sounded like he was recording it after his bedtime and was trying not to <laughs> let his yeah. parents know. <laughs> that's 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 the one. Yeah, yeah. He had a very okay. soft uh, soft tone for it, but um, right. Okay. But uh, we you know we weren't going for a certain kind of vigor, I guess. We yeah. were just trying to. Right. And actually, I was happy with that. I mean, because I really wanted it to be very kind of cut together and, and different, but um. Right, right, right. But Who were did, the real? Some people were really putting their back into it. I'm pretty uh, sure that was Chris Wright and Game Dad Grant. Uh, okay, I, I would have guessed GDG. Okay, I wow. think Chris. I think Chris did some good stuff there. Uh, mm-hmm. it, but at the very least, I'm pretty sure. Again, I have to go back and confirm, but I'm pretty sure Chris Wright was the, you know. Oh yeah, I was going to ask thing. that too. Yeah, yeah. So he was all. He did all that for me, and. Uh, awesome. And then uh, Plute, I think, put a little bit of oomph in there too, and uh, so right. they got half of them were like really into character. The other half were kind of like, yeah, let's just get this done. That's As they cool. flick the ration of the cigarette, I am really wondering why I did not participate in this because um, you know this would have been definitely during what I would consider a heyday for me and my. <laughs> Negative world participation. This mm-hmm. is probably when I was writing the uh, uh, plot thickens series, short-lived series on the site. I think it only had four or five installments, maybe less. Uh, I I wonder, did this like come together very quickly? No, this took some time. What well, the hell was I? I if I I'd have to go back and look, which is yeah. just a key phrase. But I'm pretty sure that you just um, you didn't want to sing. That doesn't sound like me, because I remember I did the uh, I remember recording for the ill-fated uh, like we are the negative world or whatever that was going to be. Do you remember that? Do you remember where everyone split up? Like everyone yeah. had like a uh, celebrity musician, mock, more or less, kinda play the role. I just remember I got Kenny Loggins, and I remember it was like a lot harder than I anticipated it would be. Anyway, huh. Well, that was awesome. The end result was amazing, and I think that was super cool that we did something like that. I just know, you know, just as a kid, you know, growing up in the time when that show was on TV, it was like those songs at the beginning and end of that show just meant so much because at the beginning it was like, oh, yeah, the next half an hour is going to be the best part of your day probably maybe that's not true but it's going to be a pretty awesome part of your day and then even more was the ending theme because i don't know what time it aired for you but for me i was always catching i was always missing the first like five or ten minutes uh because it was on so early in the morning here and uh so I I t- I saw the end credits way more times than than the intro. <laughs> yeah, I um I I caught this so sporadically that mm. it, I couldn't even tell you if I was catching earlier or not. But uh, mm. I'm pretty sure that watching it on DVD was how I got the most of it, or VHS, I should say. Got it. But uh, I always I, remember trying to piece together the lyrics of the intro because it's it's you know, I mean the the source material is is off the wall. And so to write a song about it, it can be potentially even more nonsensical. But I know there was a big discussion on the forums about if it was to the bridge or to the brink. 
Wow. Because there's, it's kind of hard to tell, you know. It's got to be the bridge. It's got to be. That's what we ended up sticking with. And I yeah. think, I think, in, in fact, on the recordings I have, uh, some people did Brink, some people did Bridge. So <laughs> I ended up going with Chris Wright's to the bridge. And, uh, to the bridge. So that was Chris Wright. Okay. I believe so, yeah, if I remember correctly. Well, Chris Wright is impressing me again because whoever did that part, I even though I didn't recognize his voice, I was like, man, this... This this one can do it. This is this is good. This is actual like '90s era hip hop. So I'll try to find the originals and let you listen to them. That would be all, hilarious. All, all I know is that I I definitely didn't cut you out of it. I know you would have had an opportunity. Oh no! Oh, definitely not. No, I I would remember making the recording. You yeah, would no. you would hold the grudge if, uh, <laughs> if I didn't. Let we you wouldn't do be it. here for episode 100. Let's <laughs> put it that way. But yeah, you know, I guess I can't. If you don't feel that you would have not wanted to sing, I can't recall what uh, would have stopped you. I don't even remember considering it. So somehow I must have just missed it entirely. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Yeah. It's in the past. We're not. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're gonna. We're gonna celebrate Into the future. The past. Yes. So bonus snippet. Let's move on to the next snippet from the next episode, which was episode sixty-three, called "From the Tarmac." Oh my and, god! Uh, <laughs> I remember this one. This, this one. is. This is May 2014, and in Nintendo history around this time, uh, Nintendo's disagreements with YouTube content creators were starting to heat up. Okay. Uh, Mario Kart 8 released on Wii U, which sounds so long ago. Really? But we're about to get the deluxe version in about a couple weeks. Just a couple weeks, yeah. And, um, and to which Mario Kart 8, uh, Polygon, uh, the internet's uh, gaming site, said that Mario Kart 8 would be the worst-selling fran- uh, in franchise history. And um, that. you you remember that uh, oh, yeah. claim? Yeah, yeah. Well, is, why would I mean? Unless you're just desperate for site traffic, why why would you make a claim like that? Well, One of the best selling historically, you know, franchises. Well, and here's and, the I, I actually went and read the article again, and the veiled you know the veiled point of it was that the Wii U install base is so small that it's going to make Mario Kart Eight be the the lightest. Okay. And okay. for the record, it wasn't. Despite the low, oh really? Yeah, despite the low install base of the Wii U, really? Mario Kart 8 sold more than Mario Kart Super Circuit, which people might say, "Well, that's not fair because that's just GBA." Well, oh, it no. also sold more than Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh wow, those are both surprising. And no, you can never eat when it comes to Nintendo. You can't count out the handhelds. Are you, are you kidding me? The, the DS, no, no. Well, Super Circuit was well, you know, it was GBA. GBA. Yeah. And I think I think people would argue that one though, just because that was it's probably one of the least acclaimed versions. You know, it's I think it's literally the only one I've never played. Isn't that yeah. amazing? It's the only one I've ever played only in Japanese. Because hmm. I have the Japanese cart and not the American oh, one. Cool. Um but uh but yeah, it actually almost beat out Super Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo. But uh um, wow. but yeah, but actually that still beat out uh, Mario Kart eight. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. So, All right. So let's, uh, so what do we, <laughs> so <laughs> you're probably curious why we have this episode. Um, I am glad no matter what reason why we have this episode, this is one of the more memorable <laughs> ones. This one, see this, I, I almost feel, feel like for the, the listener reminiscing right now, it might not be so impactful, but recording this, well, maybe we should just hear the clip and then we'll talk <laughs> about it. So, so yeah, there's a very particular reason I put this in here, and it may not be as apparent as as it could be later on. More more on that soon, 
But yes. uh, uh, but yeah, we have Game Wizard sixty five again talking with our buddy Octorokin. and oh, um, so we have Octorokin on here. We have the the sixteenth person on this episode that we've uh, we've gotten to see, and um, we're just talking about the gamepad's usefulness uh, from the tarmac. Yep. <laughs> here it is. Yeah, but, well, you know, you say that, but even Nintendo hasn't even made any really good uses out of the gamepad. Well, that's, I that's mean, if any, I mean, point. the only one really is friggin' Ubisoft with Zombie U that right. really did anything. I mean, sure, yeah, hey, great, yeah, the map for Zelda games are down there. It, it makes changing the items more accessible. It's easier. But other than that, they can't even, you know, did they really even put any, you know, whenever you, I saw that gamepad, like, when it was first introduced... You know, I just figured that games that are going to come out like in the first year launch, all oh, there's going to be some cool, innovative gameplay. And other than like Nintendo Land, that you know, and Zombie U, you know, maybe a few no. others that I'm missing. Honestly, really uh, I'm a little disappointed that uh, people aren't into the gamepad um, as just like as a piece of uh, uh, just as, as like a gameplay. Um, device. I mean, I I really like the gamepad as far as like functionality goes. Like I think it adds a lot to uh like you were saying uh, the Wind Waker. I think it makes that game uh a lot easier to play and more fun. Um I couldn't imagine playing Pikmin 3 without it. Um I thought the map controls were fantastic on it. And uh Nintendo Land like you're saying makes good use of it and I really like uh Game and Wario. Like I will <laughs> defend that game and I will support it. Um it uses the gamepad in some really cool ways. Like, I had a friend over, and we were playing uh, some of the mini games in that. Like, there's one where uh, someone with the gamepad has to, like, control a character on the screen, and you're, like, a thief, and then that person has to try to find you on the TV. Uh, and then there's, like, uh, there's, like, another one that's, like, a rhythm game where you're, like, moving the gamepad in different directions to, like, block incoming attacks and, like, while also dancing to, like, a song. And I, I think the gamepad honestly is more like I, I don't know it's I feel like it doesn't get enough attention and I feel like it has so much potential and that's one thing that I'm I was really happy to see that thread that or uh, on negative world where Nintendo made a comment saying that they're gonna put some more effort into the gamepad because uh, I still think that can uh, potentially attract uh, people to the Wii U I mean you have games that you know don't necessarily need it like uh like bayonetta 2 coming out and hopefully that will draw in some uh new customers and uh hopefully that will sell well um but the gamepad uh is a really neat device and i think if used um you know to make certain games easier to play like pikmin 3 or zelda and also offer unique experiences like nintendo land and game and wario the wii u could be it's uh could be a Unique system in that regard. I already think it's a pretty unique system with the pad, but I think there. Hopefully, there's more to it. <laughs> so, I know a lot of people are probably trying to listen to the content, mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard to ignore the fact that it sounded like planes flying by. Yep. You know, taxing on the tarmac, and it was mm-hmm. it, that happened so many times in that episode, and it just was ridiculous. It was Peter's fan on his laptop or something like that, but it just. Yeah. The way the microphone would just pick up his noise and then just kind of rev it up and yeah. then rev it down. Oh my god, that was such a running joke with with us and Peter uh, for so long. That's uh, and I, I had to include it. 
I feel like if I remember correctly, like he couldn't hear it on his end or something like that, because because he he'd just be he'd just be going, <laughs> and I feel like we would be like trying to feel out like okay, is this loud enough that we have to cut it? Should yep. we keep going? You know, and oh, what a nightmare! <laughs> it was quite something special, but just. Just and Peter off. was just so innocent through the whole thing, you know. And I remember, and and then at, at first I remember, you know, just being like, "Is this what? I, like, what is even this sound?" You know, I couldn't even place it at first. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Is it something only I can hear? Is something wrong with my computer? Is it something that's happening in the real world on my end? You know, because it is not a normal, typical sound that you know that that we would hear. Um, no, I remember having the same confusion. I'm sure our Skype chat at the time was kind of a flurry a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just remember it happening probably... It probably happened once every time he had like a good long talking yes. moment. Because it had Pretty to rev much. up, you know? Yep. But uh, but I remember at one point it did get so bad we had to just stop. <laughs> we oh, had yeah. to like troubleshoot. And yep. uh, oh my gosh, so funny. And I also feel like we would, we'd be like... Uh, you know, because when we had him on again after this, it was like, okay, like that's you got that all sorted out, right? And he, he was pretty sure that he had, <laughs> and no, I mean maybe it was better or something, but it was, yeah, definitely not fake. And it was it's such a shame because I loved talking to Peter. I love talking with, with Peter. I love podcasting with him. He, I just think he has great observations and explains them well. Very intellectual. I don't know. I don't know if it's the kind of, you know, sometimes I feel like when it comes to podcasts or internet personalities, you know, what tends to be more successful is the kind of people who are like really charismatic and they're like, hey, everybody, welcome to the Negative World Podcast. Zippity <laughs> Sam. Why didn't you not do that this whole time? I know. And they have little catchphrases and stuff, but I prefer listening to, to folks like Peter and I think like us a little bit. So, uh yeah, so that was it was just such a shame that like it, it always came with this kind of like the double <laughs> edge of the sword was that he was always out on the tarmac. But, but you know what? He was welcome every single time he wanted to do it and we worked through oh, it. Of course. You know? Definitely. Absolutely. So it's Octo. Some boy Octo. That's another thing. One of the best usernames on Negative World, I gotta say. Octo Rock, and I love that's that true. name. That's it pretty is, cool. It's a good one. It's a good one. So so yeah so that was that was from the tarmac and uh, it's one of the more memorable uh, I guess issues we've had but yet it it became kind of a, a milestone episode in that sense. Mm-hmm. So before we get to the next segment, I have another bonus fact because oh. chronologically we are in the '60s and uh, two episodes later with episode '65, the Genesis Kids. Yep. Uh, I should have wrote down who's all in. I know. Chris writes in that one, I believe. Um, but the, in the Genesis Kids, it ran a whopping three hours, nine minutes, and seven seconds long. And that mm. was the longest single episode we ever aired. Some would say too long. Even I would say that. Not me. In, no, in, I, it's too long. After that fact, whenever we'd have a three-plus-hour recording, we generally would split it up. There'd be <laughs> some sort of... You know, so so technically, right. to be fair, we've probably had four-hour long episodes, but we turn them into two. It's true. This is true. In fact, episodes ninety-seven and ninety-eight, I believe, were that exact way. But okay. you yeah. know, uh, 
and I got wiser about that. I didn't, you know, I figured the middle ground between the four hour episode and the people who want the half hour episode would be the two hour episode. So let's slice it. Right. But in this yep. case, man, we just kept talking and it was just great stuff. Uh, the Genesis kids referenced, I believe, the fact that, uh, many of us had played the Genesis over the Super Nintendo right. at that time frame. Yeah. The, I think it was all of us. Yeah. Who were on that, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a fun bonding experience that is kind of rare with uh, Nintendo fans. Yeah, and, certainly um, ironic. I mean, yeah, especially because people, a lot of folks would say like, yeah, the people who are still playing Nintendo systems today is like, oh, it's just nostalgia. Nintendo just keeps selling your nostalgia back to you or whatever. Uh, clearly not. Clearly not in our in that case, right? Right. So. So yeah. So the Genesis Kids was the longest episode recorded until this one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, we'll it, see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll so, uh, so alas, let's move on to the seventies. Let's get to the seventies. We have the swinging seventies. The swinging seventies, and this one I put in here mainly because I wanted to remember uh, some of the other things that we did with, not even necessarily as the podcast, but just some. This is one one nice moment in in history that I wanted to bring to light. So, this is episode seventy four, Charity Smash, ah. from April two thousand fifteen. Sweet. Okay. And, uh, some Nintendo history. Um, this is going to give me some flashbacks and the shakes, but the Greninja amiibo had sold out within 30 minutes. That was the worst amiibo experience I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo was surveying the world for who should be their character DLC in Smash Brothers. Oh, wow. And there were reports that Retro Studios' new Wii U game could be using a new engine. Ooh. <laughs> who gives a shit? You know, I mean, come on. We all do, but. Uh, we still many, don't know. We still don't know what the hell they're doing. Some people do. But uh, but anyway, so in this episode, uh, this is near the beginning of it, I believe. Uh, I wanted to hear from you, Joe, as okay. you told us about your Smash Brothers charity tournament that you were uh, – this is the first one you did. Right. And uh, and I just wanted you to tell us and, – and the reason I put this in here, not to put the card in front of the horse, but I just thought it was great that you were doing it and I think it was one of the – you know, better things that had come out of the uh, Nin Temple and Negative World community, just to see that this kind of event happen uh, for good cause. And um, so I just wanted to, to throw that in there and, and hear you tell us about it one more time. Awesome. I want uh, to let Joe make a very special announcement. Joe? Okay, thank you. Yes, uh, very special announcement. So as some of you may know, I am a adjunct college professor. And so every now and then they... Let me make an event that I can uh, do something cool with on campus and hopefully uh, for a cool purpose. And so this time we are doing a Super Smash Brothers charity tournament uh, at St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York, where I teach. And the charity that we're going to be benefiting is Child's Play Charity, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. Uh, It seems to be kind of a go-to for a lot of these types of events in the gaming world. Um, and I think the the reason why it would be of interest to some of the listeners is on the day of the tournament, which will be Saturday, April 18th, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll be streaming the event live, and uh, we'll probably put a link in the thread associated with this episode of the podcast. Sure can. And so people can tune in and watch the students play. Uh, there will be three brackets one standard free-for-all, a doubles bracket, and then a special bracket in which you will get a little advantage based on how much funds you were able to raise to donate uh, 
to the charity. Um, and so it'll be kind of should be kind of fun to watch just to see some people play Smash. These kids are not by any means going to be experts, so you're not going to see the uh, top tier moves or anything like that. But um, you should see kids having fun for a good cause. And if that weren't enough. The event uh, is scheduled to be announced by Negative World's very own The Old Man from Zelda and Mr. Mustache. I was just going to ask if they were going to be participants in the event. <laughs> yeah, so perhaps, unfortunately, we can only have students be the participants, but, um, you know, I, I put the word out. I, I technically extended an invitation to Steven if he wanted to drive in from Michigan uh, to be a to be an announcer. But I'm kind um, of interested in joining the college so I can play. <laughs> yeah, it's been disappointing because I like when I was walking around hanging up flyers, I kept you know like there'd be like staff members and other faculty members, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's awesome! Can I participate?" I'm like, "No, sorry." Could there potentially be a? Um... Future. I'm like, you can donate, though. Please donate. Yeah. Well, um, you can call them assist trophies if they uh, if they donate. Anyone who get, donates and doesn't participate can be an assist trophy. There there could be an impromptu tournament for for no prizes after afterwards, just because I feel like I feel like some people, some non students, are going to show up. So street cred is the greatest prize of all. <laughs> yep. So we will see. We're just like we're just announcing, just hanging up flyers this past weekend. The campus-wide email just went out today, which uh, is the sixth of April. Which um, means you've given me a freaking date to get this edited. Thank you. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll make sure. Any any time before the eighteenth. Yes, you. I guarantee somebody will have a chance to listen to this before the eighteenth. If you awesome. listen to it afterwards, then you're too slow. Sonic style. Um, you should still donate to Child's Play anyway. Yeah. So, so that's my announcement. So it should be cool. Right now, I'm very nervous as to all the pieces coming together. But um, you know what? We're giving our best effort for a, a good cause. So no matter what, it'll be cool. So I think it was pretty cool. I do too. And to be perfectly frank, a big part of what made it cool was Negative World for two reasons. One, obviously, the uh, the announcers, which that added so much. Uh, first of all, the par- part of the reason I chose them was they had the perfect sort of uh, double whammy of knowing about Smash Brothers and sort of having ex- a lot of experience in the pro wrestling community which meant that they knew about announcing and about how to keep it theatrical in nature. And they just, it really added so much because without them calling it, you know, it's just kind of another, it's just, it's, it's when you're in the room, it's the same thing that happens anytime people get together to play Smash Bros., which is a lot of fun, but it maybe doesn't feel as special. Right, and it, it maybe doesn't. Uh, it's not as full of laughs as it is with these two goofy announcers. So that was the first part, and the second part was the vast majority of the money raised came from online donations, and outside of Negative World, 
you know, it really wasn't advertised anywhere. So, uh, and a lot of them were made anonymously. So I don't, I, I don't know exactly who they came from. Um, but I would assume it's mostly negative worlders and, or people that heard about it from maybe negative worlders spreading the message, you know, if they couldn't donate themselves. So, um, and that was, you know, I mean, that that's at the end of the day, that's the whole kind of point is, is, you know, to raise money for a good cause. So, uh, and it was certainly, you know, not only is it surprising for me to, to get to the amount that we did, which is nothing, you know, fantastic as far as, you know, you hear some of these fundraisers, but, you know, we had very modest sort of resources. Um, but just the fact that it, you know, that we got more from people who were not directly connected to the event or the campus, you know, I mean that, I think that just, that's just says a lot about, uh, the, the charitable nature of some of the folks in this community. Yeah. Very well said. I, I've got nothing to add. Yeah. But so, yeah. It was, it was, it was really good. Um, <laughs> you know, we did another one the next year and it would, went, went just as well. And unfortunately, uh, this year, like, there's a time for it. April. Well, yeah, no kidding. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, don't get me started, but they, let's just say the, the club is under, uh, new student government this year. And I mean, they're new to the, the role and they're, they're having some growing pains. So I don't even, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, unfortunately and yeah so what i think you need to do is switch to us an eight screen splatoon tournament ah splatoon you know splatoon two. i mean i every these last couple of years i've been like hey you know does everyone still like smash brothers is that still enough of a draw you know and they've been like yeah 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 uh i really you know i think splatoon 2 in this case uh that might be the future of this very well could be. Yeah. Good good call. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but thanks for thanks for kind of pulling that out. So oh, yeah. uh yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, you know, every time you do that sort of thing, I'll be there, man, and I'll be there to spread it and appreciate and, that. Uh, I think all of Negative World will be too. So Yeah. Cool. So before we get to our next segment, our next uh snippet, we have a bonus snippet. And this is this is episode seventy six. It's called "Back to the Tarmac," and this is just oh, the intro from the from that episode. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jeez. Oh God. Man. Oh, that's awesome! That's all it was. That was just the intro, and I loved it. So that's great. We had Octa rocking back, and that was just one of the worst ones we had ever seen. Yeah, that was twenty-two seconds long. Oh god! <laughs> just yep. this build-up. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I'm not even gonna mute us during that. I'm just gonna leave the laughter in. I really hope that. Um, I really hope that the listeners can fully appreciate <laughs> all that that was that was happening. During during those during those efforts, yeah. so, amen. So yeah. okay, that's all the bonus tip it was. 
Let's yeah. go on to our next one. Now we're in the 80s, so we're nearing, you know, we're, we're coming to the present almost. Radical, and, uh, dude. The 80s. <laughs> this is 83. The The month and the year was September 2015. And the title was Please Podcast in the Form of a Question. Okay. And at this time, Sony did not think that the climate for handhelds was healthy. Mm. For them, I guess they should have put that in there. Uh, mm. The Tri-Slosher weapon in Splatoon was just released. Amazing. Oof. We all remember where we were when that <laughs> happened. There are only two histories. There is pre-Tri-Slosher and there is post-Tri-Slosher. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then the Nintendo had its 126th birthday. Ah, happy birthday. So I guess there is one more thing about this Nintendo history that I hadn't mentioned that happened right, a little bit beforehand, but this is was when we finally got to talk about it. So uh, okay. unfortunately, Mr. Iwata had passed. And yeah. I felt like maybe it, it'd be good to revisit uh, some words that I said about by Mr. Iwata at the end, just because uh, this whole time, this whole podcast, as we've been doing it, he was such a pivotal force that was mentioned so often. And um, and then even when he wasn't mentioned, his influence was still very much apparent. So I wanted to put this back in here just so it was in there again. And uh, not to bring anyone down, but uh, mm-hmm. here was us talking about Mr. Iwata. But um, we had some, you know, some of the biggest news to hit Nintendo in quite a long time. And unfortunately, it wasn't some new great game or uh, Amiibo suddenly going away for most people. Um, <laughs> but it was about something going away, and it was obviously uh, Mr. Satori Iwata's death, his untimely death. And it was amazing how it hit the community because, I mean, I think I think a celebrity, I mean, we'll call him a celebrity in a sense, celebrity death does affect people around the world. And... Um, for Nintendo fans, of course, it's definitely going to hit home. But even for gamers in general, uh, I think it, it hit pretty strongly. And I think it had a great reaction, um, both in size, that way of great, but also great as in kind of a, a pleasant reaction because there was so much outpouring of love towards Nintendo, towards Iwata, towards his family, towards Miyamoto, towards everybody connected to it because they all knew what kind of a good man this was. Whether you, you like Nintendo or not, Mr. Iwata was doing a lot of great things for the company. He seemed like a very good person and a very good soul. And so we didn't just lose a president of a company. We lost, you know, a persona and a perspective. And, you know, in some weird ways, you know, very far removed, but almost a friend, you know. Um, he's the only real person in, in the gaming community that talked to the community like like he did with uh, Nintendo Directs and, and uh, Awada Asks and all this stuff. So... Um, it was a very somber moment, and thinking about it now actually makes me pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I and I haven't thought about it since like my trip. You know, I mean, it was definitely hitting me for a couple weeks, and then again, as happens with life, things you know you move on. But uh, he'll always have an essence there, and um, you know, we still don't know what's happening with the future of the company as far as that that's concerned. Um, I'm, I mean, I guess at this point I'm a little more curious, but. Uh, I just hope that you know his his care and love of Nintendo and nurturing of it continues on. Right. And um, yeah, I know if you look at my Instagram feed, I mean, I, I posted a lot of things that people had did, and uh, Triforce Bond did a really great uh, Brawl in the Family style artwork uh, in response to it, and there was a lot of again outpouring of love and everything, and so 
Um, for me, his death was somber, but it was actually joyous in the sense of, again, seeing how much love and, and happiness he had brought to people and all the, the memories, f you know, flooding out into the internet and, um, even, even in real life, just people talking about it. So, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Iwata. Uh, you know, you, you are missed, you will be missed and, um, you know, long live your legacy. <laughs> that still gets me upset just listening to that. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. my gosh. But, um, you know, and, and recently with Breath of the Wild, they make a special mention of him, uh, uh, in the credits. I mean, it's not a big deal or anything, but it's just nice that they, they, they put that there. Uh, obviously he had his hand on that game for quite a, a, a lot of its, uh, development and the, uh, the creators, uh, the development team had actually spoken out recently too, just as the game was launching, saying how they felt he was watching over them as they were finishing mm -hmm. it up and then mm -hmm. that his influence was so influential. Yeah, you know, I, um, this, this past semester, I've, uh, for the first time been teaching a purely, uh, a, a course that is purely video game history, which I've been extremely, uh, blessed to be able to teach and you know they say that uh, when you have to teach something to someone else is, is, is when you like really learn it yourself um, in that process and so I have had to learn about new depths of game history that I was never aware of before and so a lot of it was the, the history of Nintendo obviously extremely uh, important part of the landscape of of gaming. And I learned so much about uh the the history of Nintendo before Awada's time, right? So the 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 book that covered that only goes up to I believe the the early 90s really. Um so it's it's well before Awada is president, but the sort of appreciation that I wound up coming away with for his position. That being only the fourth president in this company that had been around for, uh, you know, a hundred years at that time. And the first one outside of the family, the Yamauchi family. Uh, and for him to have, you know, risen as he did from what, what would have basically just been I don't, know, I don't know grunt work is is the right term but you know just uh, just just any other employee right I mean he was just uh, a guy with uh, with sort of big dreams and uh, I, I don't know it's just for him to then step into that role it's amazing it's it's one of those stranger than fiction kind of stories you know that you just can't really come up with and I know, you know, one thing, like, uh, especially with social networks, right? Uh, anytime a celebrity dies, um, you know, people tend to, I feel, sort of, uh, I, I don't know. This is going to sound bad of me to say, but but almost overreact. It's like, it's someone that you, you never, like, if you're honest with yourself, you never really cared about that person or their work or whatever. But then they, they pass away and suddenly it's like, oh, my God, he was such a blessing, you know. But with Awada, like, I'm sorry, I think it's just completely earned and deserved. And I don't think it's hyperbole at all the way people kind of have, have talked about him 
after you know after his passing it's like uh this was a guy who just lived the dream and totally deserved it and you know probably was never you know on paper it's like was never meant to really walk that path but he would just sort of um he just sort of took it you know he just sort of did it and i'm sure yeah i think he showed incredible courage to step into that position and then and then lead it like he did you know lead it through the ds and we years you know some of the highest highs in the history of the company um and then you know if i'm being uh completely candid the the thing that sort of bothers me the thing that sort of hurts me the most about it is um you know that his his final days would have been mired in the sort of uh backlash from the e3 that they had just had which even though i think for for people like us was you know rather um pleasing you know the the general sentiment after e3 2015 was seemed to be very very disappointing and and almost uh angry you know and I, i i know that people had said that you know he had been sort of troubled by that my hope is that at some point, right at the last minute or something, that there's someone there to, to remind him about all the amazing things that he did and that that nothing was going to, you know, ever take that away. So, Right. Well, you know, you might recall he, you know, more or less cut his salary so that he wouldn't have to, yeah. you know, make other cuts elsewhere yep. because he was so concerned about, <clears throat> you know, the, the downturn happening with Nintendo uh, affecting you know, the people that he loved and the people that you know, yep. more or less he took care of, he was responsible for by being the president of Nintendo. And uh, yep. so, yeah, I really hope, like you said, that he, he had a different perspective than what was being given by the media and by uh, uh-huh. a lot of people in the industry at the time, because it was just a, it was a moment in time and it wasn't uh, indicative at all of his uh, impact and meaning over the course of uh, his lifetime. Right. Right, um, right. Or even just shortly before. I mean, unfortunately, the internet has a very short attention span and a very short memory right. uh, at times, and um, that was a period of the internet having that issue. And mm. uh, I mean, I, I feel like for a guy who gave that much love, he probably had a lot of love around him too. Oh yeah. So I'm sure that he was centered, and and perhaps he wasn't even focused on that as much, you know, when right. he knew what was going on with him uh, internally and physically, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, whether there's an afterlife, uh, hopefully that if there is, he uh, he got to see every every single bit of of joy that uh, yeah people tried to express in his name, and still are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember what the specifics were, but I, I I remember hearing about the you know incredible turnout for his funeral and everything like that, um, and that. Yeah, I remember hearing about how it rained and everything, but I also remember that everyone was very sort of um that it was like it was a really moving and touching event and that you know uh for what it was it really, you know, couldn't have gone much better. So um yeah, just um uh yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just uh yeah, it's 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 very very bittersweet, and I, I would I would give you know anything to be able to 
just have been a fly on the wall for some of those, you know, last conversations between Awada and certainly Miyamoto or any other, you know, long-standing member of his team. You know, I, I would just love to know what those conversations were like, um, because I'm sure, again, coming up the way he did, that someone like Awada was not just a boss, but you know, was a friend and a comrade and everything. So, yeah, you know, I I will. Uh, I, I will not be forgetting him and his contributions uh, ever. So, absolutely, yeah. So we'll leave it there, and we will move yeah. on to our next. Uh, again, we every one of these little topics, even the tarmac. I think we could probably talk a whole episode about. To be honest, yes. But, uh, but let's move on to some more podcast and Nintendo history. Okay, with our uh, second to last uh, soundbite. We've got. Uh, we're in the nineties now, so. You know, we're wearing uh, our fanny packs and uh, hypercolor. And was drinking, it the '90s or was it the '80s? I don't know, but I think uh, Crystal Pepsi existed. So, okay. uh, you know, we've got that going on. We are in episode 91 mm. from August 2016, not too long ago. Not too this long is ago. Uh, the episode called "Get Your Group On." Yep. And this is—I mean, I don't even know if you were speculating what would be in this uh, this part of the podcast, Joe, but mm. I had to include this one because this was a very okay. meaningful. Absolutely. Uh, episode for me. Uh, at this time in Nintendo history, again, just more or less half a year ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nintendo Cast sold. your mind way back to <laughs> August 2016. Yeah, read some old newspaper clippings. Get get a feel for that time period. Um, wear the old clothes. and uh, Nintendo had sold the Seattle Mariners ah, yes. back then. The NX rumors were rampant because this was shortly before we knew what the hell that was. And the uh, Splatoon Global Test Fire returned for a fleeting moment. Okay. And that was probably history that didn't matter to too many people, but I had to throw it in there for sure. Sure. So this episode, 91, was special because I took a trip out there with uh, a Pony Eats Carrots to meet you in person. I mean, we had recorded from 30 all the way to 91, or all the way to 90, 60 60 episodes roughly, you know, give or take a few where I wasn't, you know, in there or vice versa. And uh, we recorded all these shows over all these years, never actually met in person. Nope. So figured, you know, let's squash that. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yep. I drove out, drove through Canada, and uh, and then popped over to your side of the, the country, and uh, we had a lot of fun. And, you know, we yeah. weren't, we, you know, I thought maybe we would get around to recording an episode, but it wasn't a requirement. I didn't come there as a as a co-host or a podcast <laughs> person. I came there as a friend. Yeah. And uh, And so it was a lot of fun. And um, I'm glad we did get a chance to sit down. It was kind of at the end of uh, the weekend that we got to do this in uh, in your house. And um, <laughs> so it, it's me, it's you, it's Amy, it's Opponents Carrots or Erica. Uh, and then we had the old man from Zelda as mm-hmm. well in here who popped in for a short time. And, um, and uh, so that was fun. So here we just talk about uh, being in – well, more or less this clip is introductions – and I threw a little bit of Lou uh, talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X just because he's one of those people who's been on the show over the years that has a very mm-hmm. unique way of articulating his thoughts and speaking. And uh, and that's not anything... Uh, he's a goofball. Yeah, I mean... Just, just say he's goofball. It's just unique. And, and oftentimes I, I might use the word unique to, <laughs> to uh, as a synonym for you know weird or something, but that's not this uh-huh. case. I just... He's, he's, he's a unique presence and I love that. So, yeah. I wanted to throw that in there, and here that is. All right. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me today is my co-host, Joe. 
Hello, Steven. Hello, Joe. Steven, I can see your face. Yes, and I can see yours. And uh, for those who care to know what that's about, uh, I have taken a trip to Rochester, New York, where Joe lives, and we are recording this live in his kitchen. Mm -hmm. And his wife's smirking, so is my girlfriend, and <laughs> we've also got another special guest here. Uh, you may know him as the old man from Zelda. Welcome, Lou. Hi. And I just want to point out this is the breakfast nook. It is kind oh, of not a kitchen. Nook. The kitchen's over there. The kitchen's right there. It All stops right. where the cabinet's end. Yep. We're in a nook. Thank you for stopping by, Lou. You uh, <laughs> have a great day. It was great seeing you. Uh, we also have uh, Erica, who is known as a pony's carrots on the forums. Hi. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> she's, new to, she's new to podcasting, so that was great. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, lastly, of course, we have Amy. Oh, that's uh, well, Amy will be here in a sec. That was Toad. Uh, I think Amy's just going to be laughing at herself. Hello. So yes, uh, Amy, we are on a podcast. Everyone's listening and judging. How awkward do you feel now? Very <laughs> Hi, Brandon. Stop judging. There are other listeners. Kuvaps. Oh wait, that's Brandon. Yep. <laughs> Maybe his family, if you didn't have headphones. Anyone in the room. Yeah, but, uh, but no, welcome to everyone listening. It's been a little while since we recorded. Uh, part of it was to organize this trip. Uh, it's been fun. Been here for a couple days. And uh, this is the last evening that we have here before we head back to the great Mitt, Mitten. Uh, cut through Canada where I can't play Pokemon Go uh, at any stops because I don't have an international plan. So... That's a you could have called up Verizon or whatever you got. Hey, for these two days, I'm going to be there. Yeah, it's it not worth it. probably like 30 cents. Yeah, that's all right. I'm I don't know. on the Canadian Pokemon. <laughs> like the Yeti. Moosetron. Moosetron. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, we'll do this podcast in a typical format, I suppose. It doesn't feel very typical, so it won't be very typical, but. Uh, we usually do the now playing, and then we do really important topics hitting the Nintendo community. Also, usually you have a blanket over your head. No, that was the one episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then now it's an Amazon box that is my studio. But uh, we'll see how the, I think the, the room tone here is going to be very good, so I think we're okay. okay. Um, but uh, I don't know exactly how we should handle this per se, but uh, let's do a quick now playing. Lou, how about you start us off? Well... I am now playing the Xenoblade Chronicles X as part of the Backlogist. I'm sorry, Lewis, I did not pledge to partake officially in Backlogist, but I guess I am. And I am at the end game, and it is very frustrating and difficult. Really? And I don't want to give away any spoilers because it is the last chapter of the game, but let's just say it takes like an hour and a half, and I still can't beat it. Oh, and no. when you can't beat it, you have to start all the way back at the beginning of that hour and a half. Really? You right. cannot save in the middle of it. Is that what makes it's, it challenging? It's a point of no return. Like, are you sure you want to go in this spot? Are you sure? You get asked like twice. Mm. And once you're in, you cannot save when you're in that spot. Wow. So now, are you under level, do you feel? Or is it just tedious? Or <sighs> There's like five bosses to fight. So you uh, have you played it? Yeah, I'm at like chapter eight or nine. Okay. So I, got, I got scouts. my land skill, yeah. not my flying skill. So my skills are not powerful enough. My people are over the level of the boss, but my skills are not, which makes it really difficult. Can you just buy it, or do you have to actually... You have to have a lot of money to buy level 50 skills. Mm -hmm. So I think it goes like uh, level 10, 
30 and then 50. So I have a level 50, and that does well. But the other people have level 30s, oh, okay. and they get blown right out halfway through that hour and a half. Hmm. And then I ran out of gas. Oh. So if you don't have fuel, you can't fight in your skeleton. It just sits there. And you have to fight on <laughs> foot. Huh. I'm guessing that's not very effective. Yeah, no. Okay. No. Well, you know, let me ask you this. How is... Because I'm... I, other games have taken me away from Xenoblade Chronicles X, but uh, I've been very intrigued to go back and, and play it. So how has the story progressed? It's terrible. I, don't even, I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you what the story is. That's a shame to hear. It is. I like the story from Xenoblade Chronicles a lot. It's not the same. And yeah, I, I thought it was going to get a little more interesting because things are starting to pick up with the story where I'm at now. But The gameplay is better in Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is why I... Almost prefer playing that over the first one. Yeah. I have 112 hours in. Yeah, okay. And it's not because of the story. It's just because it's fun to play, go around, do all the random side yeah. quests. And that it is. Mm. But I have Still haven't played it. Still haven't cracked the plastic. I have not progressed past that point <laughs> where mm. I was back then. Um, I really would love to play it. I just... I know the time commitment it's going to take, and... It hasn't been a priority, you know. I've had other priorities, and the only it's going to take it only will take a game like Breath of the Wild to to break through that. So, oh yeah, yep. Well, that that really was a disruptor in general, but uh, oh yeah. But I do want to go back to Xenoblade Chronicles X. I have that. I have Paper Mario Color Splash. A couple other things on my Wii U that are not complete yet. Freedom Planet. Uh, ah, Freedom Planet. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, hell, I have Earthbound Beginnings I'd like to play through. Actually, I have quite mm. a bit still unplayed. My my Wii U is still sitting out. Uh, it's just I not. Know. It's just not plugged into the TV because I only have so many HDMI ports. But. Mm-hmm. But alas, uh, you know, the, again, the main reason I wanted to throw that in there is just because I had such a fun time visiting you and uh, and Amy. Yeah, and, that was really cool. And going to the museum and and having that barbecue and you know it's just. A lot of lot of good stuff that weekend. So, um, the first of many, I hope. And uh, you know, whether we podcast uh, during each one, who knows? But there was something there was something special too about the fact that we were all live together, which is oh yeah, it provides a different kind of sense to the podcast and a different mm-hmm. way of interacting. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to to fake that. Uh, I guess maybe if we had video, that would kind of help. But even that doesn't eh. quite capture it. No. No, that was really great. I, I mean, yeah, the whole weekend was a ton of fun. Uh, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just hanging out with because, yeah, like, we didn't even play a ton of video games, if so I remember correctly. The last full day, I think we we tried to squeeze some in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, for the most part, we were just hanging out and chatting and getting good food and. You know, trying to give you the kind of fifty cent tour of our fair city, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it was just a great time. Yeah. Well, and you really, you never know. You know, obviously, podcasting with someone. You and we've we've talked many times outside of the podcast, and you know, developed I would say a very strong friendship in that way. But uh, always, I always joke that the, you know, the fastest way to uh, get annoyed with someone is to live with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, you just never knew, you know, like, okay, we're, we're going to have several days together consecutively. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know if you, uh, 
you know, like to end your evening with a spirited yodeling session or something <laughs> like that that I was going to have to get accustomed to for a couple of days or what. So, but it was just, uh, I, I felt like everything was just like, just fit together very comfortably and naturally. And we just uh, all kind of gelled and had a great time. I completely agree. Yeah. So uh, I'm working on killing every single spider in the, in the Tri-County oh, area. So yeah, you can hopefully it's... come visit. <laughs> uh, don't don't think I have not forgotten about that. So oh my God. I haven't seen any in so long. Well, and it's getting warm, and so you'd think you'd see them, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, maybe I should visit in the winter or something. I took protections, and uh, you know, to try to get bugs away from my home uh, last year, and maybe they're still okay. working. I don't know, but okay. uh, but alas, uh, that was a fun time. Had to include that for sure. And uh, so here we are. That originally was going to be my last snippet for us today, but, but I wanted to throw one more in there. One more from the tarmac. And frankly, there's not, well, <laughs> no, no more from the tarmac. But okay. I wanted to make sure that I had two guys in here who, uh, who we talked to quite frequently, and, uh, and I wanted to give them some representation on the show because, uh, you know, they mean a lot to me uh, personally because they're also people I'm, I'm very close with uh, outside of the show. And uh, so we have episode 97, which was a premise and a promise. That was actually part two of a long episode. Uh, this is from December 2016. So if you really thought that it was a stretch to think back all the way to <laughs> August 2016, just try to think to December 2016, you know? Mm. Um, but uh, that was, for the record, though, that time period is uh, is actually post-TS, uh, which is post-Trisloucher. Uh, and um, so just to give you some frame of reference. Got it. But no, uh, episode ninety-seven, that's um, that just had uh, you and I talking a little bit of Splatoon with Plute and Bearded Nerd. We were going through all the different Wii U gems that made it a meaningful system, and we were really kind of giving it its swan song on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was really fun to just reminisce with those guys and about uh, all those different games. But I decided to include my beloved Splatoon because mainly Plute had to talk me into talking about it because I didn't want to be the cliche Splatoon guy. And, and so I wanted to give Paul the, the, the credit for doing so and being a good friend to make me talk about the game I want to talk about and, uh, and just to have them on the show, uh, you know, in this episode. So, um, Nintendo history who really gives a shit. <laughs> it's still present. So Mario run hit a bunch of downloads. Fans. I have been waiting in line for an NES classic still happening. And oh, yeah. ukulele was canceled on the Wii U for a switch release, which we still don't know. So who cares? Podcast hip it. Here we go. Oh, we're three for three so far. Yeah. Well, don't ruin it, Steven. So, okay. Um, Animal Crossing Amiibo. F- no. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's for, a different <laughs> que- that's for a different question. No, um, obviously I could go obvious and say Splatoon, um, but I don't have to. And, and uh, <laughs> But you're going to. We know Smash. We know Splatoon. We, I mean, a lot of these games that we're talking about are actually we the, know the green Smash ones. We've owned, yeah, but, 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 but truthfully, see, I know you're going to say something else, but I think Splatoon is a is not even an odd, like a bad choice. It's it's such a like it's a brand new IP. It's like a way to make you know a shooter very Nintendo esque, and okay. it uses the yeah. uh, and it uses the gamepad like. But anyway, well, no, I mean uh, not to hijack this with two games, but um, you know, I mean, I mean, we. I guess you're right. Let's take a moment to really appreciate Splatoon. I mean, obviously, I I do, and I'm crazed about it, but. Um, the re- like I don't understand the craze to be honest to some degree because it, I, it caught me it bit me like no game really ever has before 
you know, it makes you wonder if it's one of my favorite games, like, of all time. Is it the favorite game of the Wii U? Is it uh, the favorite game of who knows how long, 3D consoles? I don't know. But the way that I get engrossed in, in this gameplay, and it's not just, you know, I mean, I mean, there's only 16 levels, which is actually quite a bit, and it's very nice and everything, but, uh, you know, it's not like it's super expansive or something like uh, like a Xenoblade game or something like that, and the the gameplay can be kind of repetitive after a while, but it just it's so gratifying to play and to and to navigate the levels and to swim and shoot your ink and the whole the whole gameplay thing it's just it mind blowingly brilliant. Agreed. And uh, and then as Joe you were saying I know you don't even have the game, and you know you're not actually going to play it anytime soon, but you still really appreciate the art style and the art direction and the music, and, and there's so much polish in the same way that Mario Kart had its own polish, but this had its own direction that just, I think, really was solid. And I think it's amazing to to find out that people are complaining about the single player, and their biggest complaint is that it wasn't long enough because they loved it so much. I mean, that's just, that's cool, you know. In a oh, multiplayer man. game, for people to complain that the first single player wasn't deep enough is just, like, you know, fantastic. Yeah, it's It's definitely, like, if not like the standout game of of Nintendo's generation, I think it's you know in the top. Yeah. Just just as like a I mean Mario Maker is my personal choice, but just as like a, like it's its own thing. It's got its own feel. It's like presentation wise, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Like at all. It's it's awesome. And so what about uh, Ink Kid shooters? What about that game? That's kind of derivative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that on the Retro not... Five or something? <laughs> yeah, did you guys not play that one? No, no, sorry, I can't say I didn't. <laughs> I did get around to playing that though. It was hilarious. What a funny, what a funny comment. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that joke in there and keep that in there, Joe. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you. But yeah, so that I mean, that's you know, not much uh, in terms of podcast history for that one, but. You know, it's always good to get the Plute and Beard and Nerd combo. Uh, but even before those two, you are—I consider you very lucky to be able to uh, dine on the Plute and Beard and Nerd combo every now and then. <laughs> yeah, just uh, the weekend before Zelda came out and the Switch came out, they came over uh, to my neck of the woods, came to my house, and we had a nice uh, whole day. Uh, Beard Nerd's wife came with us and uh, or with with them, and the five of us just hung out and. And play a little board games and play a little video games and had dinner. It was a very uh, cool time. It's awesome. Yeah, it is nice. Unfortunately, Trish had to stay back, but uh, she's always welcome as well. But uh, TK Thunder, as she's known on the forums uh, on occasion. TK Thunder. Yep. So, essentially, man, that is, uh, that's it. That's all the, the sound bites in this episode. Uh, Amazing. I, it's it, you know going through this process of picking these so we could talk about them uh, has been one that is very gratifying because of all that we've put in and you don't really think about it on a podcast by podcast basis and you know in theory we were trying to do this every two weeks and that didn't quite happen and everything no. but but we still put a lot of effort in despite and mm-hmm. uh, and I you know we did it took us a lot longer to get to a hundred episodes on the Negative World podcast than other podcasts do but. I still really believe in the value that we, we put forth. And uh, um, so going through this, I found it interesting that I actually, depending on how things turned out, I would have picked a whole different set if I had just started. Like if I started with one, say 
started with episode 24 instead of 20, 21. Just the way that I bounced around from episode to episode to find the ways to piece these together to get uh, the total count right now is 19 different uh, you know gu- uh, guests on this particular episode in the sound bites yeah. over these 12 actual distinct things. It, it's just it's amazing. There's so much I could have done here that would have been different. And in fact, I had a couple things that I was already like ready to to solidify, and then Zelda came out, and then I kind of got a little distracted, couldn't find my notes, and just picked something else, <laughs> you know? Right. But, um, but, but it wasn't uh, a replacement that was less worthy. It was just another great thing that I could just easily just, you know, swap with. And uh, Absolutely. In fact, um, yeah. Uh, so it was, just, it was just really fun to go back through. I certainly don't have time to, to listen to eight days straight of podcasts, so I couldn't listen to everything all in its uh, entirety. But uh, but it worked out, and it's been very fun listening to them at work, trying to do my research while I do my day job. So, um, with that, uh, I guess I was going to have us take a break just to play a song, but uh, that seems like a, a, a pointless endeavor at this point for pacing-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of winding through the end of the show here, so I've got a bit of a, a, a conclusion, uh, a denouement to uh to attach here and um uh, feel free to chime in as as necessary but one thing i wanted to do i don't know what a denouement is so it's actually probably not the right word to use but that is the point in a in a film or a story that is after the final climax and it's just kind of the the cool down period okay it's a it's a french term that came from french cinema i believe so um anyway regardless uh Speaking of the French, uh, or at least the French-Canadian, um, I, I want to thank Guillaume for the drive to get the show off the ground. Um, I was so very happy to start it with him uh, in the very beginning, and with a lot of outside influences going on in my life at the time, Guillaume had kept the show going uh, in its infancy. Huh. Uh, I would definitely pop it, my head back in you know, every couple episodes and everything, uh, only to finally take the helm uh, fully as he went on to do other things. But uh, but I appreciate all the effort he put in in the very beginning because that really is what the launch pad of this whole thing was. I also want to thank Zero for his support throughout the life of the podcast. And uh, the show wouldn't have happened without his forum and the collection of great people that it amassed. And uh, that community has fluctuated over the years as folks come and go and come again and go again. <laughs> uh, a few guys got banned. A few guys left dramatically. But I guess that happens when, you know, you spend so much time together. Generally, the site has been a beautiful part of my life and the lives of many of us. And I hope that no user there takes it for granted, even the lurkers or the, the, the ones who never did lurk. Um, in fact, a quick aside, a, a buddy of mine who passed away a few years ago, he signed up for the site just two weeks or so before he passed, and he never even got a chance to post. Hmm. But, um, but I... It's funny, every September his birthday still shows up, and it actually, it's somber, but at the same time it kind of reminds me, like, you know, this is my old buddy, uh, who was a Nintendo gamer like me growing up. He and I weren't that close at the time of his passing, but he was a childhood friend who, uh, who definitely, you know, he and I, he and I literally looked for the Triforce in Ocarina of Time together. <laughs> so, you know, there's some memory there, and so this, this website has, has brought new friends, and even old friends to me, you know, and I really appreciate it for, for all it's done. And, and I hope it, it lasts and lasts and lasts. Uh, you know, I, I love how negative it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, so, you know, and now we have the, uh, the discord chat, 
which uh, Joe, you haven't had a chance to experience too much, but we we've kind of expanded from the Mibit, and the Discord chat helps sure. keep things a little bit uh, uh, easier to chat with with the, with the app and everything. So that's very cool. Keeps us talking through our daily lives, and uh, there's always something new in there every day. Whether it's you know Carlos right now, uh, Carlos rocks. You know, being really excited about the new thing he saw in Zelda, or it's just Plut popping in between, you know, uh, feeding his kids and, you know, getting them ready for this and that. Uh, it's just it's just fun. So it the site is still very much alive. The Discord chat's very cool. And uh, with the Nintendo Switch now here, um, you know, there's so much more discussion to have, and uh, and I can't wait to do it. So, uh, so I just want to thank, you know, Guillaume, Zero, and then also all my friends there at uh, Nugget World. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> thank you, Joe, for you know everything that you've done with the show. Uh, it, the details between b- b- uh, behind you joining the show are honestly a little fuzzy. Um, unless <laughs> I don't even can, really know. Like it just kind of happened, you know. It did. I, it and, did just kind of happen. And it's very cool though, because I I didn't realize I was getting you know such a good friend and uh, someone I could trust and and spend a lot of good times with. So. Uh, so bro. thank you, you know, for all that. And, and you really, you try so hard to be in every episode and we really coordinate a lot. There's a lot of behind the scenes action to, uh, to make this happen. And like you said, you know, just the off, off podcast, uh, friendship we have too is very great. So, um, you know, having said all that and, uh, yeah. So having said that the negative world podcast, uh, I think is best represented by a caterpie that you never knew turned into a metapod. And I say that stupid metaphor because uh, we are now planning to evolve into our butterfree form. Um, or maybe I should go with the Weedle Beedrill instead, because uh, this isn't necessarily the most pretty news per se. But um, <clears throat> it's a little bit weird to say this, but the Negative World podcast is actually going to be no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, maybe that's not true, but let me explain to anyone who's kind of surprised by this. So Joe and I love doing the show. And we love how the show has been responsible for us becoming friends and, and everything that I just said, essentially. But after long and careful deliberation and thought, uh, we've decided to evolve the show. Joe and I want to continue doing podcasting and, and expressing our love of Nintendo and, and anything, really. But we love what we're doing. And in fact, this episode itself has kind of continued to strengthen that, that love as I've looked back at all the things that we've done. The way the the show is, you know, currently at, we want to take it a little bit further, take it in some new directions, and so a new show is going to emerge, or new something is going to emerge, but it won't be the Negative World podcast. Huh? So still very much, I want to incorporate as much of Negative World's users as I can, and honestly, there might not be much changing for some people's perspectives than a name change, but uh, but I really want to see if we can just do something different, grow. It's, you know, it's been many years. Let's flex our, our muscles, see what we've learned and try something new. So we want to keep the fun alive. We want to keep the discussions happening because as long as Nintendo's there for us, we'll be there for Nintendo. Uh, so I want to take this moment to send out my plea that despite our podcast, our new, our new podcast, uh, no longer keeping in lockstep with the identity of negative world.org. Uh, you know, I respect and appreciate, you know, everybody, and I hope your voices will be continue to uh, to be heard going forward. Uh, I want to continue to share, collaborate, experience, express joy, 
and play Nintendo with everybody. And, and Discord, for example, has been a hell of a great resource for that. Um, and I'll be popping in there. It's, it's on my phone. Negative. I mean, you know, it just it sounds like I feel like I'm leaving, but I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for all the listeners uh, at Negative World right now, if anyone feels they'd like to take the helm at Negative World, that can certainly be discussed because you know we're not trying to kill the Negative World podcast, but we are trying to grow. And uh, if we I leave don't it, think you can kill the Negative World podcast. You can't. It's unkillable. No. <laughs> So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably just babbling at this point. Um, so Obviously. I should, I should just transfer it over to uh, to Joe. Joe, do you have any last comments? Well, Stephen, I've thought for a long time about this last last comment, and I don't have one. <laughs> I've got to I've got to stay stay true to my last comment, Joe. Uh, persona here all right well then i'll make a last comment okay first thank you for your last comment thank you and as i've said before we would really like you to comment on what you've heard <laughs> you can do so here at negativeworld.org simply find the thread associated with the episode and if you don't want to subscribe to the negative world you can reach us to the facebook page by simply searching for negativeworld.org or you can reach us at twitter uh, which is at negative underscore world So I hope you'll continue to hear us wherever we end up. And uh, now, Zero, play us out one more time. Uh.